Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. All right. Hello, hello, everyone. Very special episode here today. Got my good friend and esteemed colleague, Dr. Kevin Reese, with us today. And I have had him on before, but we ended up doing more of a video. It was very visual what we were doing. So it ended up only being a video. Ah. So podcast land is being introduced to you, Dr. Reese, right now. So I'll get you to do a little intro, but I don't mean to oversell here or act like I'm really just trying to edify my guest, but <laughs> Kevin Reese, I, I really actually admire you. I really do. And well, the reason is you're in this health business, this health game later in life, even yeah. later than I was. I was late to the game too. You were later as well, but I didn't have much going on in life when I got into the health business. So when I say I change plans, it's not like my plans were really working for me anyways, but you already had a career yeah, in a lucrative field, entertainment broadcasting. He was a radio host in the yeah. entertainment sphere which great business to be in honestly for all the bad things we could say about it yeah in terms of security you know esteem respect and uh just a good overall career you, you left a good career in order to do what i would say is the right thing it's not that entertainment's bad but there's more important things in life and helping people is certainly one of them yeah. And I know you got into this much like myself with a health problem of your own. I'll let you give your own synopsis there. But I was just saying that I respect Dr. Reese so much because he became a doctor to do this. And he's not a medical doctor. He's a PhD doctor, but I'm not taking anything away from him. I don't think a medical degree is uh, actually very useful if you actually want to help people in, in most cases for most problems. Most of the time, you don't need a medical degree, but he became the researcher. He became the doctor. He became the guy that could be an authority in this subject from scratch, from scratch. And we have been working together a couple of years now. He's been very engaged in it. The beginning years are very, very hard. And guys, whoever's listening, it doesn't matter even if you're a doctor. 
doctors, regular doctors, medical doctors, anesthesiologists, you know, whatever, OBGYN, if they want to come into this nutrition world, and many of them do for their own reasons, they need to train all over again. Their training doesn't help them now. Okay, you you know how to stitch up stitch up wounds and deliver babies, and you know about drugs and IVs and uh, all these different lab tests, blood tests. Some of that is marginally useful, especially for the difficult cases, sure. But to practice in nutrition, to practice in helping most people get over most things without any form of drug test or surgery, they they need to start from scratch, no matter who they are. Right. So I'm making the point that as an adult, you know, Dr. Reese not only actually had the motivation to fix his own life or his own health life, change his life through health, had the motivation to do that, did that, but then had the motivation to take it not just one step further, but completely next level, right? Literally go to school to become a doctor, to be able to actually command authority. Yeah, it's a key word. Talking about health, I still haven't earned that myself. I'm at I'm at eight years in the business formally, been selling it for nine years. Not that I knew what I was doing, but I still don't have that. I can't get up into a stage and say, hey, here are my credentials. And now everything I say is going to uh, sound firmer just because of that. So you started from scratch. I got a ton of respect for you. Come a long way very, very quickly. Because like I said, it doesn't matter what degree you come in with. If you're learning this, what we do with nutrition, you are starting from scratch. I'm very glad to see you all the time, by the way, kind of bugging me because that's what we do when we're learning. I have to call Dr. <laughs> Wallach and bug him all the time these days, actually. For years, yeah. I didn't have to call him that much because, and this is how I'm going to jump off our talk here after you introduce yourself. But for most of the time dealing with most people, you actually really don't need the details you don't need to know what all the nutrients do. You just need to know which formulas to use. You don't need to know what organs do, really. A lot of them, you don't need to know what they do. You need to know what the body needs and maybe what that organ needs. You don't need the details. For the most part, most cases, most people do get results just with the basic stuff. Easy. But the more cases you have, the more difficult cases you accumulate inevitably. And you have to start talking to whoever brought you in. You have to start, you know reading books and, and looking these things up and forming the answer. And now these days, we, we're so busy right now. Never been so busy for so long a time. Just months consistently getting hammered with people who have various health problems. And now inevitably, since there's so many, we get weird ones, which means I have to call Dr. Wallach all the time and bug him. I had to call him this morning about four different diseases that I not on my radar. I had to bug him about it. So Dr. Reese had to bug me about it consistently for a while and he's kind of tapered off now which tells me he's really really gotten his footing now he doesn't need to ask about diabetes and arthritis and all like he he knows this now it's only weird things right dr reese the only time you're messaging me now it's it's weird stuff that does not come up every day and or 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 it's a theory or a theory yeah or something that someone else is saying let's just double check it with what we say and all that so dr reese you have your own credentials you have your own training in other fields in the holistic health genre, please tell us all about your story, a little bit of background, where you came from, what happened, what are your degrees about, and where you at now? Yeah, so I did bug you a lot in the beginning, didn't I? I did, mm-hmm. and, and uh, that's how that's how you get ahead in life. That's how you learn, right? And, people are scared uh, to bug people. You have to bug people. You won't get ahead. That's right. 
I mean, my coaches bug me all day. <laughs> anyway, I got into health at 28 years old. I was still a professional radio personality at the time. I had a heart scare. I went down the path of the medical monopoly and quickly figured out that they only treat symptoms. And that was a big alarm for me. That sent me down the, the path of truth, figuring out on my own and, and being sovereign. And I got myself healthy through YouTube University, basically. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going to a school to become a health coach. And then I went to school. I went down to Florida and studied with Dr. Robert Morse and became a detoxification specialist. And I started taking clients. I was still on the radio. So I was balancing this yin and yang life. And then one day I decided that I I was ready to get rid of radio. I I wanted people to take me serious as a practitioner. And uh, I quit radio, became a full-time health coach and teacher. The school that I got my certificate from brought me in to be a teacher too. And, you know, I had some great reversals, some some great testimonials, but I, f- I felt like people still weren't taking me serious. And, you know, what you said earlier about authority. And so <laughs> I went back to school at 34 years old to get that PhD, graduated at 39. So that was my third set of letters. But eventually I got burnt out working with clients and I, something just wasn't right. Something wasn't right. And so I ended up taking a few years off actually. And I tried to do some other things. And then I ran across LaShawn one night on Instagram, Mm -hmm. our young friend LaShawn and our esteemed colleague LaShawn. Yeah. I was really researching, you know, Dr. Wallach and Dr. Glidden. And I ran across you at this time. I didn't know who you were, but I became very familiar with your voice. I knew your voice before I knew your name. And I'm just like, who is this dude? And so I kind of went down that rabbit hole, the Wallach Warriors rabbit hole. And we can say that my passion was reignited because I went through all this training, but I never really understood the magnitude of nutrition, the 90 essential nutrients. And it just lit a fire under me, man. But not only that, I was having some musculoskeletal issues at the time. And I went back to the medical monopoly because I didn't know what else to do. I went I went to detox, a chiropractor. Detox isn't fixing the skeleton. No, right? no. Detox isn't fixing the skeleton. And to a certain extent, nutrition isn't either. I, it's like halfway fixes it, you know? And this is before you met us, right? Yeah. Well, right before. Mm-hmm. Or actually, it might have been around the same time. I ran across postural therapy and I did a routine, a protocol. And I was out of my pain in three weeks and my mind was completely blown. And I just researched, researched, read and read, and I'm just into it, total nerd style. And I came to this amazing realization that postural therapy is higher than chiropractic, higher than physical therapy. What do you mean by higher? What do you mean by higher? More of a heal-all, whereas chiropractic and physical therapy are what I would consider to be micro helpers. What is posture though? Why does posture matter so much? Because we're dealing with the muscles and the muscles move the bones. It's a puppeteering type of situation. And postural therapy, which 
gets the muscles back to a functionable order. And then the, the bones, the joints end up going back in the position where they're supposed to be. And this just blew my mind. And I said, I got to learn this because <laughs> I was seeing people healing on Big Macs and Doritos. Mm-hmm. And like just they were doing the posture stuff and they were, they were fixing yeah. things. Yeah. They weren't doing any nutrition, mm-hmm. no diet changes. And they were healing issues that I would have thought just two years earlier would be absolutely no way. Like you're lying to me. So I went back to school, man, like 40 years old. Here I am back in school. I fourth, never fourth thought I'm now, right? I, yeah, I've never thought I'd go back to school, Ryan, ever. <laughs> but I, I, I had a plan. I had an epiphany. Even before I, I enrolled, I had an epiphany that postural therapy combined with nutrition and combined with mindfulness, mindfulness is actually probably my biggest expertise. It's, it's the probably thing. the most powerful healing modality available too, by the way. I'm going to write this down. We can talk about all this later. Yeah. So I had this huge epiphany that if you combine all three, you will have the most efficient and quickest healing method in the history of the world. Big claim, big claim. And I said to myself, the only way I can prove this is by collecting testimonials. So I, I approached this like a scientist, you know. So the data is the testimonials. So I started getting ahead of myself and I'm writing down ideas. Oh, I got to start a clinic. I got to do this. And then I'm like, oh man, I got to go back to school in order to make this happen. (laughs) (laughs) So I did. I went to school for postural therapy and the musculoskeletal system. Man, it was hard, dude. It was harder than my PhD because I didn't know what a femur bone was. I, I didn't understand the structure of a knee joint. I mean, I knew what liver was and a pancreas, but I didn't understand what a humerus bone was. I didn't know what the TM, TMJ was. You know what I'm saying? Like all the, like the musculoskeletal system is a whole other bag of worms. And, you know, I'm still learning it, but I learned enough and I started practicing and I saw unbelievable results. And man, I graduated and I, st- I, lo- I, it took me nine months, but I created a clinic called the Peace Over Pain Clinic and we're in Farmington, Connecticut. And, you know, we're mostly virtual, but we do have a physical location and the results are amazing. We run people through a program. So my business situation is different than yours, but that's because I'm trying to, I'm trying to build evidence for my theory, mm-hmm. my hypothesis. So when you combine these three things, people heal very fast. And you know, nutrition alone can heal someone quick. And I've seen postural therapy heal people very quick. And we know mindfulness definitely can, or mindset, or you know, whatever word you want to use. So just imagine putting all three together. No, I, lo- I love it. I mean, I'm 100% backer here of this uh, approach. I do want to talk more and more about this. I want to wrap all this out. I hope you have time even to uh, realizing that the long form is extremely valuable. We just aren't able to do it anywhere else. And this is why I asked you specifically to do an audio here today, especially yeah. because, well, I'm an audiophile. I like audio. I love regular books, but listening to audiobooks, podcasts, lectures, uh, definitely have been absolutely key to me understanding many things and moving forward in life and all this stuff. And so our fellow audiophiles here, 
many of them who are listening on long haul trucking, right? Lots of truckers listen to the, getting lots of emails these days. Hey, I'm a trucker stumbled onto your podcast because I post a, a bunch of audiobooks, a bunch of fantastic audiobooks, right? They, so they spill mm-hmm. over onto hearing us talk. And yeah, so I'm getting messages from truckers and other people who are listening to podcasts when they're working, uh, when they're caring for a babies, you know, stay at home mothers, stay at home fathers. All these. Mm-hmm. People like the long form. I'm hoping that we're able to go through all of this today because you're, you're absolutely right. And your book, Peace Over Pain, by the way, peaceoverpain.com by the way by the way <laughs> um and there are no sponsors here today by the way i should have done that too i didn't do a full intro there's no sponsors here there's nothing peace over pain is a sponsor <laughs> yeah there's no ads uh there is just <laughs> both uh, dr reese and i we do work together we both sell supplements we both sell books his you can find at peaceoverpain.com it's a fantastic book i gave it a great review i put it on my top health books of 2022 list and you can see anything from me this is me finishing my intro here you can see anything from me any of my books that i've written any of my youtube channels instagram channels all of that all the links everything you can find on one website noticebooks.org it's spelled not us not us books.org everything i have you can find it all not us books.org so, Dr. Reese, I kind of cut you off a little bit on your right. intro, but I think we're, we're kind of caught up and I think we can, we can start diving in if that's, sure. if that's fair. Sure. I so, also just want to say real quick that the truckers need a lot of postural therapy. Oh boy, do they ever. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Yeah. So we're, we're going to get into this. And like 15 minutes ago, I, I messaged Dr. Reese and, and said, hey, what are we talking about today? Uh, so it turns out we're actually winging it, but I, I did have something I wanted to talk about. Yeah. And you actually kind of gave me a great leeway into that. Most of what I do these days is virtual. We do Instagram, I answer emails, sometimes I make phone calls, but it's mostly we're just seeing information from people and responding with uh, our recommendations and, and whatnot. I do it virtually is the point. We get great general results with many, many people, many people message us for the first time. And we didn't even give them any direct consultation advice. They're just messaging us and saying, Hey, I've been listening to you guys for a while. I did this thing that you said, mostly it's gluten-free. I went gluten-free like two months ago. I just want to tell you this is improved. This is improved. This is improved. I can't thank you so much. This is their first interaction with us. So just because we put out so much information, we post we do live talks and the Q and A's on the story on Instagram and whatever we put out content and many people don't even talk to us. That's how easy this is in general buckshot approach. You put out information and many people come to you for the first time and say, Hey, you changed my life and you didn't even need to give me a consultation to do it. And then at the same time, most of these consultations are easy. It is obviously a digestion problem. It's obviously a severe deficiency in the bone and joint minerals. It's obviously a connective tissue deficiency. It's obviously something in most cases, it's not a difficult business actually, but there are many tough cases. And like I mentioned, the more cases you get, the more tough cases you get too. At any given time, I might only have a small stable of tough cases. Right now it's like five to eight, five to 10, maybe just tough cases. Maybe they've gotten some result, half result. Right now, I'm kind of cracking the code on some of them with thyroid. I can just write that down without jumping in right now if we want to talk about that. It's one of these things that's 
unlocking a lot of these tough cases for me recently, but I do not want to only do this virtually as well because of the tough cases. It's not because of the easy cases. We're going to keep buckshotting away at putting out information out there in every form that we can. And it is going to help a lot of people totally randomly. That's great. But the tough cases, maybe we do need to see them in real life. You know, maybe we do, maybe they do need a lot of coaching, not just on nutrition, actually about many things in their life. Posture being one of them, like you said, mindfulness being one of them, like you said, you know, give it, giving them the confidence to do this. A lot of times it can be done online. It can be done without actually meeting them. And a lot of times it can't. A lot of people are a mess. Sometimes we do want blood tests. Sometimes there is things, by the way, like uh, Babesia has recently come to my attention and I've been recently seeing cases of it. That is something you actually do need to, a medical thing for. You need IV hydrogen peroxide therapy. These are the types of things you can do in a clinic. You just can't do with the buckshot approach. And from a lot of my tough cases, Kevin, too, I'm, I'm going to shut up in a second. But one of the reasons I want a clinic is because some people, there's another factor here. We mentioned posture, mindfulness, nutrition. Yeah. But there's also EMF. And mm-hmm. some people, for example, had this tough case recently. Uh, I'm not ready to call her that difficult of a case yet, but she's a difficult patient. You know, she's just she's in a lot of pain. She doesn't understand she, I, I trying to give her patience and confidence because it, the, she has an osteoporosis problem, osteoporosis of the skull, it pinches the nerves in the skull. She has several very, very, very uncomfortable symptoms from that, such as burning mouth and dragging leg. These come from the osteoporosis in the skull. Now you can't reverse osteoporosis in two months. So she's two months in. So I'm not calling her a tough case yet, but she should have started to see some improvement now. And it's very minor. I'm hoping she does see her her result really around the three to four month mark where the bone marrow has, sorry, the bone matrix has actually regrown itself. So now the bone density can start to go up. This is just how long it takes. I know it's tough to say, be patient while it's happening, but she's also been on the downside for a long time. And we get a lot of these people when they're at the bottom of the hill, right? Right, Dr. Reese, I mean, we get people that have been going downhill for sometimes 10, 20, 40 years. And now we have the most difficult task of trying to push them back uphill. Even more difficult is when they're on a bunch of drugs, right? The more drugs they're on, the more they've listened to the doctor, the more they've been avoiding salt and fatty foods forever. And the harder it is to deal with them, you know, both for the actual effects of the drug and the mental component that they're, they still have this trusting relationship with the medical establishment. We have to totally break that. These are tough cases, but EMF, I was saying EMF, this one lady is just one that comes to mind where I would like a facility way outside of the city. Like I live in a very small town, Kirkland Lake, Ontario, but I would even go outside of town, right? No cell phone towers, nothing, nothing near put them out there because this one lady when she wasn't getting results, you know, within the first month, we get on the phone. Okay, let's up. What's up? Let's talk more about your life. Maybe there's more than nutrition here. And it turns out that honestly, her habits are pretty good. She's a Caribbean lady. So that means she eats what I would say is pretty good. They do a lot of soups, right? They, they do a lot of bone soups and like oxtail and stuff like that. Like this, they generally eat quite good. They eat rice. You know, she's not a junk food eater. So we're ahead of the game. But I said, describe your surroundings to me a little bit. Is there any big EMF source, any cell phone towers nearby, any high voltage lines nearby? Oh, there's a high voltage line right behind your house. Oh, oh, right. Oh, me, this is trying to figure out what, what is causing this person 
to be a tough case. This shouldn't be that tough of a case. And based on her eating and such and her attitude, she shouldn't be that tough of a case. What's going on? She's not on any drugs at all. You know, actually a great case on paper. I'm thinking this is going to be easy, but turning out, you know, we're not getting the result we're expecting as quickly as we're expecting, even though it takes three months or more to fully get this result. I do expect something to happen in that time, but it turns out that's where her bedroom is. It's the one at the back of the house that's backing onto this hydro field and me, you know, red flags are going up. I know that even protective devices, oh, you, you can't protect that much from a major source like that. If it were me, I would go wild. I would tinfoil the wall. Tinfoil works better than EMF blocking paint. And we're not talking aluminum foil, we're talking tin. I would put tin up on that wall, just like I put behind my smart meter on my house. I asked the company to take it off. Four years later, they still haven't taken it off. Put uh, the foil behind that, put a bookshelf in front of that to block it. So she immediately moved her bedroom. She went to go sleep on the other side of the house. That's okay. I mean, yeah, you've moved 30 feet away. That's something. It matters. Distance matters. But my point is I would love to have a clinic to bring some of these people where if it is EMF, just that one thing alone, you might never heal. And I, I know I'm literally saying like, well, you have to move in order to get your results. That's too much for most people to do, right? Well, Maybe they will actually consider it if we can prove it. Maybe if you could come out to my clinic for a month, stay with us for a month, because I don't think it would take three months. I think it would take a month to mm -hmm. really, really just transform someone if the EMF is one of their major contributors. But you add in these other things, you add in posture therapy, you add in mindfulness teaching as well, and good, just good attitude and even just the friendship that comes along with some of these patient uh, practitioner relationships. I mean, I think we win on all fronts here, right? Give them the supplements. So you're just, you're controlling all that, right? You got, just give them the supplements, yeah. give them the good food. Don't worry about that. We got that covered. Yeah. And I, that's what I would like a clinic for. So we're not all that different. You're just better equipped. <laughs> you, you're able to actually do it in a clinic at this moment. I'd love for you to tell us more about that. And, and you can jump in on any one of these subjects and, and crack them open for us. Well, I don't, I don't, um, I don't even use the clinic like that. I only go like once a week, twice a week, maybe. So we're we're pretty much all virtual, taking care of people from all over the world. But you guys uh, do very hands-on. You're you're more thoroughly in in contact generally with your clients than we are. We're most. Oh yeah, I mean we have yeah yeah we have I have a team of coaches. Metaphorically, if this was the medical monopoly, those are the nurses, right? Mm -hmm. Or the hygienists, if you think of the dentist office, right? Mm -hmm. And so I just the come ones in who do most check. of the work. Yeah. I, yep. I, co I come in and check the teeth mm -hmm. for two minutes. Yeah. And leave. Yep. <laughs> and they work my system that I created Do we have a 120 day program. And so it's a moving train, just like a school, you know, we get them doing their exercises, their postural therapy protocols, and we get them on the supplements and we change their diet and we get them doing mindfulness exercises and they go from day one to day 120. And so the actual clinic in Farmington doesn't get much action. Um, actually, I, I shoot a lot of video there. So it's almost like a studio at this point. <laughs> and I can do events. So if I do an event once a quarter, it kind of, you know, pays off. Because we got we have a big kitchen, we can have parties, stuff like that. But as far as clients go, it's all virtual. It's pretty cool. You know, that's through Zoom and our app. 
But since you're dealing with these guys uh, on a much tighter level, you, you have the case studies here. You're collecting the evidence. I'm, I'm collecting the evidence. And then with postural therapy, we, I evaluate photos every two weeks. So I can see someone's photos every two weeks. It's like you can see the body changing. And we see, we see changes very, very quick, very quick, you know, six weeks, you know, six weeks compared to day one is astronomical. The shoulders are level, the pelvis is level. They're not crooked anymore. And this straightened me out too, by the way, I might as well throw this in now. So the last time we talked on video, it turned out it was supposed to be a podcast, but it turned into a video. You basically gave me my first protocol to fix my posture because I was born with my hips dislocated. That was never fixed. The nutrition fixed the pain, it fixed the insomnia, fixed the twitching and the cramping and all that stuff. But my posture was still way, way out of whack. And yeah, very quickly, very quickly it changed. I still do the exercises every day. Could be a little bit harder on that. I tend to just do the basic exercises these days, the ones that I like, because there's a whole bunch of them. You go through mm-hmm. week by week and find the ones that you know hit you the best. And I mean, I love doing them. I'm not even just making this up. Like I'll do them in my living room and you can hear me just moaning like, oh, that feels so good to do, especially us keyboard warriors, like you say, (laughs) who work on the computer. Oh man, I notice it too. This is the other part of it. So not only have the exercises helped, but being conscious of it, I've realized now that especially when I'm on the computer editing and stuff, I'm really leaning in and I find this, of course, this is when my back starts to hurt. This is when my neck starts to hurt. I'm leaning in. So I notice that now and I pull back. I try to do everything with good posture now. Even now I'm sitting in the back of the chair. The microphone is up at my head level. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable and uh, the voice sounds better. It's how you're supposed to sit to have project your voice too. And all, all the, everything. So many things are better. My, my muscles have filled out. I don't work out at all, but my muscles towards my back, back of my shoulders, all around the back plates. I got to send you updated pictures because yeah, it's it's felt it's filled in. I feel like a different person, honestly. We're probably <laughs> we're probably eight months in, and yeah. I was only really thoroughly following the the protocols you guys were sending me for the first probably four months, something like that. And then I just yeah. defaulted to to the ones I like the most. And yeah, I, yeah, I would say if it's not a hundred percent fixed, then I should just go ahead and do a couple more months of the targeted ones. But I mean, it's it's pretty much it's ninety five percent. I'm a different person. I don't walk duck foot anymore. My shoes don't wear out on one side anymore. This is a problem my, <laughs> yeah, my entire yeah. life, literally, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. And I notice it more and I sit up straight. I notice now when my head's cocking to the side in that puppy dog style and I just stop doing that, right? Realize the stress that it's putting on my skeleton. Like you said, posture is muscles. And if you have bad posture all the time, your muscles are constantly in the wrong place, constantly getting strained in some weird way. And this is explaining a lot of pains that can happen even if you're fully nourished like I was. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And instinctually we know this, but for some reason we forget it. Muscles are strong, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. A human being just doing a push-up is proof that those muscles are strong or even sitting up from your chair. So it's quite common sense that these muscles can just move these bones and joints right out of place, just tug them right out of place. And the other thing that's very interesting, Ryan, is that the muscles are connected and it has fascia over them. So you have fascia connecting the bottom of your feet to the top of your skull. It's like your inside skin. That's how we explain it. People don't know that word. Only massage therapists know that word. It's it's like inside skin. 
it's like elastic bands Mm -hmm. and it's it's powerful stuff. When we start getting this in order, most certainly, um, especially the pelvis, when we get that pelvis neutralized, people could suffer from digestive issues just from posture alone, because the intestines are sitting on top of the pelvis. It's like a bowl of fruit. I just did a webinar on, you know, endometriosis and infertility. If a woman has a tilted pelvis, her uterus becomes tilted. Who the heck ever thinks of that? You know? So if if a woman has infertility or endometriosis, is it nutritional or is it postural? And my little invention here, my little innovation, my little theory here is I don't know what it is, but I'm going to take care of both. Yeah, I love that. You know, we just ask a, a questionnaire, you know, age, weight, height. Are you on any drugs? Do you take any supplements? Do you have all your organs? Do you have any diagnosis? And so on. But you guys take that to the next level and ask for P rays instead, instead of X rays, P rays, posture rays. Yep. And wow, what a difference. I've been paying attention to your videos too, of course, but lots of these other ones on Instagram and stuff too. And it, when you see side by side somebody who is, you know, really messed up posture wise, just we're only talking about posture here. We're not talking about nutrition, nothing. Fix their posture. You see it side by side. They literally look like a different person. Even if they're overweight, the weight looks better distributed. You know, the, they don't have that hunchback. Like everybody looks bad, basically just a basic word. Everybody looks bad when we're yeah. all hunched over and, you know, you're cocked to one side and everything like this. And obviously if you're in pain at all, it's really hard to crack a smile. But yeah, you look at some of these after pictures and I'm one of them too. Man. I feel freaking great. I already felt good on an internal level, on a cellular level or whatever, but obviously something was wrong. And that was the way my posture was set. So I had to correct that therapy. And the way that I continued to treat my posture by, again, leaning into the computer and leaning forward on the phone and just, yeah, spending too much time looking down. All this stuff puts too much strain on certain muscles and causes pains that has nothing to do with nutrition. But these side-by-side pictures, yeah, they look brighter. They look more alive. I mean, it's amazing. Amazing. Nutrition could do these things too, but imagine being healthy and then, you know, like I was still having a hip problem, mm-hmm. you know, that I just, I didn't think was ever going to go away. I was born with this. And, you know, they told me I would be in a wheelchair by the time I was 50, basically my childhood doctors. So you'd be lucky to not be in a wheelchair by the time you're 50. I'm not right. at 50 yet, but I don't see that happening. Yeah. When they come together, you know, magic happens. Yeah. I'm doing... I told you this off air. I'm in the middle of this huge project right now where I'm banging out webinars. And that's pretty much the theme of every webinar is, okay, you have digestive issues, colitis, Crohn's, whatever it is. This is why. And then what's the protocol? The protocol is this, 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 you know, we got to get your, you know, your pelvis neutralized. We got to get these nutrients in you, this, and to someone that's not used to this, it's going to kind of probably blow their mind a little bit. Like, a lot of changes. I never thought about my pelvis. They may have never even thought about digestive enzymes, never mind their pelvis. Mm -hmm. I feel like that I've I've discovered something. And I feel like I am the blueprint (laughs) to the future new holistic doctor. And actually, I'd like to say that my vision is to start a school. And to actually be able to hand out doctorates 
I want to create a new holistic doctor, not a naturopath, not a chiropractor, not a physical therapist, a holistic doctor who knows how to do postural therapy, who knows about the 90 essential nutrients, knows about enzymes and blood sugar, knows about mindfulness and the mind-body syndrome, and can heal people you know, at the highest level. I feel like an institute or a university that teaches people to do this might be even more beneficial to the world than me having the peace over pain clinic, you know, train the trainers because I get a lot of DMS from nurses and chiropractors and and a lot of people in the field, even every now and again, a medical doctor that's sick of it, Mm -hmm. who asked me questions. Like what's, what's this line that you're drawing? Like, I, I see you drawing a line from the ankle to the ear. You know, what's that? You know, what are these 90 essential nutrients? Tell me more. And so, yeah, it just hit me one day that, man, I'd really like to start a school. And at my core, I'm really a teacher. And that's one of the reasons I don't take the clients, but I have coaches that take the clients. I'm not a caretaker. I feel you. <laughs> I am one. not a, I'm not a caretaker. I'm not good at it. And so I know my weakness. And so I, br- I bring in coaches. I bring in people that can do it. And, and even coach Tamara, who I think you met, she, she's not a caretaker either. So she's in admissions. <laughs> and then Keisha and Amber, who are more caretakers, you know, they're moms. They take care of the clients because the clients, you know, especially the first six weeks, they holler almost every day. They have questions. They have this, they have that. They always need the most help at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So I I don't talk to them at all. But yeah, starting a school, it would be ideal. That's something I'd like to do uh, before I'm 50, a little over six years away. Well, it sounds like you're basically creating the courses right now. Yeah. Two birds, one stone, right? Honestly, Dr. Reese, I say all the time, you know, you, you have joined the fleet in the last couple of years, but I only started really going hard on Instagram four years ago. And there are some people who have been following that whole time. But let's just say even one year, anybody who's actually been following thoroughly, not just the, our posts, but like podcast videos, like they've been digesting this for one year. They know more than 99% of the doctors in the world. They know more than most nutritionists, right? They just, it's not bragging saying we got the secret information. That's all we do is put together a uh, filtered version of all this information that has been building for hundreds of years you know, some of these vitamin deficiencies were figured out hundreds of years ago. I mean, some of them were figured out with just, you know, eating liver to cure night blindness back in ancient Egypt and Babylonia and, and the Arab world and whatnot. Now, this is thousands of years of knowledge basically just condensed into the most efficient forms possible, which yeah. all of this is webinars and, and even the story posts and everything. Everything's most efficient it can be for that level of detail. And so this exactly. is a university is my point. We are, we are already starting. But having it be, I like this idea because no current doctor, no current degree really sums up a, uh, a broad spectrum of modalities. The holistic doctor, we have to make up a new term, basically, like I said, holistic doctor, because yeah. all these different fields say they practice holism. Nutritionists, we call ourselves right. Right, holistic right. practitioners. Naturopaths call themselves holistic practitioners. Homeopaths call themselves holistic practitioners, herbalists, acupuncturists, massage therapists, all these people call themselves holistic practitioners. But how can that be when they're all focusing on these individual things? I'm making fun of myself here in this, right? 
you know, I'm, I'm in both businesses, nutrition and, and EMF, been them both for several years. Both of them call themselves holistic practices and they don't talk to each other very much. And most people who are focused on one of them don't really want to hear about the other one. Meanwhile, no. I thought we were talking about holism, thought we were talking about you know, everything from, from grounding and, and meditation to yeah, right. what, you, what you eat, what you don't eat, what you uh, consume, what you don't consume, what you absorb, what you don't absorb, your posture, your exercise, and- everything, your sleep, your relationships. Yeah, no, no, everybody uses the word holistic, but they're not really. Even nature paths, you go to a nature path, they're basically nutritionists that can run blood labs. That's what they are. They, they, they know how to use a stethoscope, but they're really nutritionists. So, you know, what's a nature path going to do for your hips? Now you got to go to the chiropractor or maybe the osteopath. So you got to go, you got to go to three, four doctors. Just let's just combine it. And let's create new letters. Let's create the HD. I love that. Right? Let's take someone. Of course, you're going to have to have your bachelor's. That's just law, right? In order to get a doctorate, you got to at least have your bachelor's. It's not correct, Dr. Reese. That is not correct, Dr. Reese. I will come in and correct you very briefly here because I myself worked in research and I have no university degrees at all. I dropped out of college for engineering and completely unrelatedly got invited to work at the University of Sydney in the geophysics department with the Ocean Technology Group, which is a group of geoengineers, technically engineers working in the geophysics field. And that means we're studying ways to change the environment for a specific outcome. So we had to learn about a whole bunch of different fields and uh, like chemistry and, and water flow dynamics and, and you know biology. We had to know a little bit about everything. I'm only saying this because I was probably the only person in the whole building and at the, the other facility we worked at, which is uh, Sims, the Sydney Institute of Marine Science. Very, very nice facility, very high-end facility. Uh, I bet I was the only person in there without a university degree at all. And here's the thing. Normally, you do need a bachelor's degree in order to, you know, get into a master's program or, or something. And that's going to put you into closer contact working with some professor or something. And there's two different types of degrees, right? There's two different types of master's degrees and PhDs. One of them you can build up with courses. The other one you can do with a thesis and thesis project, right? Which is a sponsored project or you could pay for it, right? That's just the thing though, that you're probably not going to get a grant to do something. If you're just some nobody, you just showed up. But if you can weasel your way into the system, such as I did, I'm just saying I'm a case in point. I'm, I'm proving to you that you can right. get a PhD without it because I was offered at least the beginnings of a PhD project. Right? I was offered the ability to become committed enough in this field that I'd been working in for about two years at that point, oh, wow. given the opportunity to begin talking about a PhD project. You know, with the, the underlying understanding, because I'm very close with these people, that yes, they would sponsor me. They would be the ones to actually sponsor me. And uh, there'd be some other uh, professors, doctors on the panel eventually, whatever. But point is, I, I was able, they could offer it to me. They told me, we can sponsor you. We can sponsor anybody. If we want to, we can bring you in and we can create a PhD project or a master's project for you. Mm. Obviously, they wouldn't just hand it to me. It would take me years to do it and all that. I would have to pay for it. They would have to pay for it. Someone would have to pay for it. We probably would not get a grant for it because I don't even have a, right, any degree. I don't have a bachelor's degree or a master's degree or anything. So probably wouldn't get grant money from anybody. But the possibility is there. Universities were not always there. Obviously, some people bring up some of the most famous scientists of all time. There's not that many of them. But some people like Michael Faraday, for example, 
no degrees at all, yet it's one of the most renowned scientists of all time, right? You could do science without a degree because science existed before a degree. People did experiments and stuff and came up with the rules that we, you know, now still use uh, to make experiments and stuff. They were basically scientists before they were scientists. So it's now just a modern thing that you have to climb this ladder, but it is possible for you to weasel in and just become close. And for me, I got invited and that meant nothing, but I showed up day after day I showed up before my professor, if I could, got him coffee in the morning, uh, did the homework that he wanted me to do, ended up, since I was the one that actually showed up, and I am going to shut up again, but we're talking about science here, it's, it's worth worth kind of noting that because yeah. you have a degree doesn't mean anything at all. I didn't have a degree, but I showed up and I learned what I need to learn. I ran the experiments that, that was asked of me and I, I just helped out for the most part. But if you show up, you can start accumulating responsibilities because most things actually aren't that hard. And for me, I started getting so many responsibilities on more than one project because other people wanted me to have responsibilities in their projects because good help is hard to find. And Mm. so sometimes we'd have to pay for certain things. So we'd have PhDs. We'd be paying PhDs to do certain things, uh, especially in our our little biology segment. We were doing uh, algae growth experiments and, you know, terminating the project and taking slides and looking at what was in each Uh, thing. So we had actual biologists to do this. But the problem is having a degree doesn't mean that you can show up on time, right? A lot of these things are time sensitive in the lab, especially we're doing like spectrophotometry, spectrophotometry, where you're taking water samples, you run them through the spectrophotometer, which runs a rainbow of light through it and sees what absorbs and what doesn't. And it gives you an idea of what's in it. These are usually time sensitive because you have to add reagents. You can't walk out. You can't go to the bathroom. You can't have a fight with your boyfriend on the phone, right? You can't. You have to sit there and do the thing maybe for three, four, five hours straight. No breaks. Sometimes some of these things must be done. And my point is uh, basically even me, I kind of had to fire a couple PhDs and I, I have nothing, no degree. I had to fire them because a degree doesn't give you competence at all. Agreed. No, not There's so all. much we could say about this, but a degree does not give you competence. And just to add the butt in there and say, anybody listening, nah, 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 there is actually a way around it. It's not that it's the most viable way, but you can just have relationships in the university. You can work in science without having a degree. You can become the guy or the girl that gets stuff done, the person that can be relied upon. And most jobs in a lab or in a project are actually very simple and straightforward. They just need to be done to the book. And yeah, you could become such a good worker and you can do the homework and and become a valuable mind to the point where whoever you're working with or for sees that and says, hey, you should have a degree too. Why don't you do a project? You can. You can get a master's or a PhD without a bachelor if you really, 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 really try hard to do it. Wow. Oh, I stand corrected. And that's good news. And you know, there's still a lot of research to be done on how to skin, you know, how to cook this potato. And if that's the case, then let's, let, let's get Ryan Alexander HD. Let's go. <laughs> you know, let, I want to get HDs out here, you know, and, and, and get people doing postural therapy along with the 90 essential nutrients, along with mindfulness and, you know, a lot more people will get better too, you know. I agree. HD. HD. I like the HD concept. I hope that moves forward. I, I'm in. My wife still thinks I need a degree to be taken seriously. And uh, I will say that in absence of a degree, I have had to put many years of continuous study into both communication, presentation, and 
the, the actual stuff I'm talking about. Right. To, to be a regular person out there helping people, you don't need to know the details. I said that at the beginning, but yeah, to be taken seriously, I've definitely had to take the research seriously. I think that hypothetically, if I didn't have a doctorate, I could still be doing what I'm doing, right? I could still have my Instagram following, my TikTok following. I could still be helping people in the exact same way that I am. But the doctorate, for whatever reason, people like it. I mean, I get called doc all day, mm-hmm. right? Hey, doc. And it's like Kevin doesn't even exist. It does matter. Yeah. You know, people leave comments and DMs and say, I want to be become your patient. You know, where's your clinic located? I want to become a patient. I'm done with my doctors. I like you as my doctor. And so if I didn't have the doctorate, comments like that would never happen. Certainly. There's just something about it that we've already been programmed to give authority to doctors. It's just we need a new doctor because the medical monopoly is wrong, big time wrong. The only thing they know how to do is emergency care. They know how to stabilize you. That's a word I'm going to start using more in my videos, stabilizing. Great word. That's all they do. At the core, that's their job to make sure this guy doesn't die, send him home. (laughs) But he's still got colitis or he's still got acid reflux or he's still got migraines, right? Still, he's stable. Mm -hmm. But he's stable, right? No lawsuit. They consider that a win for cancer too. It's a big point of contention that I don't talk about very often. But yeah, their criteria for what constitutes in remission is uh, very paltry. Yeah. And I I just did a a webinar on lupus. You know, they use remission for that too. Same term. They usually continue to have some problem more or less. Oh, yeah. This is also where my clinic would come in. Because I can actually teach real classes in a physical location, which makes the school legit. Well, and why that's a good idea to me is because, I mean, some of these subjects do require more effort than others. I'm going to (laughs) say nutrition. If you do want to know the nutrition, yes, the basics will do most of the work. But yeah, there's a lot of study there. Some other things too, I think, like on my list here in my life, courses that I would like to take. I don't care about the paperwork and the the diploma or, or whatever. Um, not going to use letters beside my name, probably. But I am interested in learning more, like to be a literal herbalist or homeopath. Right. And why homeopath? I don't know much about homeopathy. I know Dr. Glidden is a trained homeopath. And I know that obviously he was sold on the nutrition big time and jumped ship basically to focus on nutrition full time. But he still says that some of the most miraculous things he's ever seen came from homeopathic medicine when applied properly, and that it still comes in handy in some very weird cases. And that's what this that's what you need a holistic doctor for. It is for the tough cases, right? Yep. I still have to call Dr. Wallach about stuff. There is tough cases out there. We can have an army of people knowing the basics and helping millions of people easily, but we still need to deal with the tough cases. So I would like to learn more specific things acupuncture you know Mm -hmm. acupuncture is one of those things i think you can learn faster not taking anything away from acupuncturists it's just a little bit less there to cover and you need practice and all that but like learning the learning the concepts learning the meridians and all that seems a little bit easier than 90 essential nutrients plus all the other stuff that comes up in nutrition and herbs there's a whole there's literally a whole world of herbs out there homeopathy I, i think it's actually a little bit narrower than herbalism they got some more standard formulas and stuff that are pretty easy to learn, kind of self-explanatory, even in some cases. 
Mm-hmm. I'd also like to learn IV hydrogen peroxide therapy or, mm. or get some kind of like this. If you're a clinic, if you are any kind of a doctor, if it has any kind of accreditation, hopefully you can do stuff with IV. And one thing I would like to do is hydrogen peroxide therapy because it seems to be one of the most uh, powerful and effective and simple ways to deal with hardcore really wild infections such as babesia and Lyme disease, you know, things that come from ticks, fleas, and mosquitoes, things that can ruin your life immediately, right? Nutrition is usually gradual decline, usually just kind of get worse and worse over years. But these types of things, like I had something from a flea at one point and I woke up bleeding from every hole in my body. You know, literally Mm. I look like a zombie in the mirror, Um, literally blood. My eyes look like they're bleeding. They're that bloodshot blood out of my nose and all this like i i don't know i'm just falling apart and this was in less than 12 hours right this is me sleeping and waking up with fleas on me knowing it's from fleas i dragged the fleas in the house i had to break into my buddy's house and crawl through the backyard and i brought the fleas in i got the thing in less than 12 hours i probably would have died in another 24 hours honestly the way i felt if something wasn't done antibiotics work for me but for some people, they don't. In some cases, they don't. And IV hydrogen peroxide therapies seems to be more effective. I'm just saying. Also, mm-hmm. in the many of the pernicious infections, really hardcore infections, pharmaceuticals do actually work very well. They do poison the body, and we should rebuild the body and stuff and refortify the guts. But a lot of worms, a lot of other just blood parasites and stuff, multicellular, single cellular. I mean, they can be killed very effectively with actual drugs in some cases it's one of the only things drugs are good for and even a naturopath yeah. can prescribe drugs right? i'm just saying that yes being a holistic doctor that allows you all of the tools in all of these different fields that that is the only thing that yes would truly actually be holistic therapy i love this yep. yeah absolutely that's the vision <laughs> but i think first you know the peace over pain clinic needs to really take off. I think I need at least a good two, three, maybe four, five years of success with that to show the evidence. And so we're recording testimonials, video testimonials, you know, we get everyone on video, you know, day one, day 60, day 120, you know, the whole nine yards. I don't even know if anyone keeps track of video testimonials. Very rarely do you see them consistently anyway. I don't get to do them. (laughs) I don't see people most of the time. Yeah, definitely, Dr. Reese. This is what we need to do to reach the wider world. And, and so, someone told me that you have to be careful with that. But I'm, I'm fully understanding that the medical monopoly might uh, not like me the more popular I get. I fully understand that. And so, you know, I know I need to find a good lawyer and all that good stuff and, you know, get ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> because when you have that doctor in front of your name, it changes things, it makes you more, it, it brings in more people, more respect, I suppose, but it also makes you more of a target. Well, the funny thing is you don't have an MD medical degree, so they can't take that from you, right? No. And, and that's the thing is like, I have access for lab work. I could, I could run blood labs. However, I'd rather do it through an affiliate. Because now I'm not, I'm putting up air quotes, I'm not treating, I'm recommending. Mm -hmm. So then lab work becomes just like supplements, you're recommending. You know, there's these little caveats, these little details that 
you know, you can kind of protect yourself. You know, if, if I go and take your blood, I'm treating you. I know it's, I'm, it's, it's crazy. I, people can't pay me legally here in Canada. You can't pay me for advice unless you sign a waiver. And I've never charged for advice, but I'm well aware <laughs> that if this was a transaction, I am now liable for that advice, which is nuts. Right. Right. Yeah. All our clients de- sign an ironclad contract. And I'm not saying that uh, I'm worried about the advice or something, but you n- you have no idea what can happen. I'll give no, one, you- one quick one here. The um, yeah. So we've been so busy lately that my wife and I, because it's usually me answering a lot of these messages, it's kind of weird. I also have people that help, you know, but when you're the one speaking, I guess a lot of people want to talk to you. So whatever. So, that, but the problem is I can't have people help my personal accounts, right? Like uh, my personal message boxes are overflowing the email. I'm the only one that has access to it. And my wife, my point is now we've been reduced to, we have to speak on speakerphone and she reads me these cases while I'm doing something else, or I, I never can get anything else done just doing messages all day. Point is, you know, she's still, she's never really been uh, exposed to the uh, trenches is what I would call what we do here. The trenches of dealing with people when they come to us at their worst. And yeah, last week we were, there was this crisis case and, you know, I gave the recommendation or whatever. She was just shocked by how in rough shape this uh, woman was. And my point is here, they did make the purchase. They did make the commitment, but we were too late. The lady died before the products arrived. So oh, we, could, we couldn't actually do anything. So I'm saying that liability, like, no, I'm not worried about harming somebody. But I don't know how far this, there's so many different kinds of cases, you know, sometimes you talk to someone on Tuesday, they're dead on Thursday. Like, what could you have done about that? Am I liable for this? Yeah. And and sometimes it's not the quote unquote client. That's the problem. It's their family. Absolutely. And then they get, they get, they get defensive and they say, okay, who were you talking to? What fake quacky doctors were you dealing with? Yeah. And then, you know, and stuff like this. And so we sign an ironclad contract and I'm, I make it known with my followers on social media. I don't give advice. They ask me a question underneath. I say, I don't give advice, but I can tell you what's wrong with you. If somebody tunes into my lives, which is every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram, I never give advice what, for what, a whole what, what hour. Account, what account are you doing those lives on? At dr.reese or on TikTok, it's at dr.kevin.reese. And I never give advice, man. My job is to tell them what's wrong. The only advice I give is I tell them to get off the poor four foods, which is uh, my version of the 12 bad foods. I simplified it. So that's really the only advice that I give is to get off a few foods. And so what I'm doing is I'm protecting myself, one, but I'm also training my audience. I'm letting them know this is serious business. You know, if you want my advice, you got to come behind the curtain and we need to sign this little form here. It is annoying, by the way, because people are trained. We're all trained to seek these words, cure and treat. Meanwhile, they don't even make sense. And by the way, I wrote a whole book about this fake diseases called fake Fake diseases on my website, noticebooks.org, notusbooks.org. It's because of this. Uh, And especially in messages, like I don't get to ask people to fill out a waiver. So I know that a, a message that can be printed and tracked. I literally cannot be caught telling you or implying that what we are doing here is treating or curing. It doesn't make sense to think of those things like that. Right. Uh, you know, to, just briefly, I mean, 
I call it a fake disease if it doesn't require medical treatment. Everything's called a disease because insurance pays for diseases. That's the short form of it. That's why obesity is called a disease. That's why addiction's a disease. That's why they want to call everything a disease because insurance pays for diseases, period. So diseases can only be treated by licensed medical practitioners. Why? Because insurance only pays licensed medical practitioners, period. So doesn't uh, make sense to think of terms of disease if your problem does not require medical treatment. Disease used to just mean unwell. It doesn't mean that anymore. It means no. something that a medical professional is paid for by insurance. That's the definition of disease in the modern times. So most cases, you don't have a disease. You don't have diabetes. You don't have arthritis. You don't have cancer. These are possessive things, right? Yeah. You, you can have a bacterial infection. Something has literally entered your body. You are in possession of that thing in your body and you can kill that. If you want to use the word cure, sure. Cure doesn't make sense anymore under this rubric because most of these things are processes. Diabetes is a verb. It's not a noun. It's not something you have. It's a process you are in. You are, your blood sugar is off. It is low. It is high. It's a, it, but it's a process. Every, all this stuff is in flux. You can make these things go better. You can feel better. You can start healing. Right? Tumors can go down. This is not an on-off. I have cancer. I don't have cancer. You have a tumor that's growing or you have one that's receding or you have one that's not there anymore. Cure doesn't even make sense. So just had to throw that in there. We've been trained to think about cure because all we're ever exposed to is allopathic doctors, which is mainstream medical doctors. In other words, it's called reductionist medicine. So they yeah. reduce everything down to its smallest component. That's how they blame things on genes. And, you know, infections are a problem. But at one point they blamed everything on infections, right? They first, quote, discovered viruses, which I don't even think they really did, but they first discovered viruses and then they thought everything was a viral problem, even cancer, all this stuff. So just saying that these people might use the word cure and treat, but you don't want treatment. You don't want to manage something. Especially no. when treatment means drugs, tests and surgery. So what we do is not treat and cure. Just it, we're not legally allowed to use it. It doesn't make sense for you to think in these terms anyways. Am yeah. I getting better? Am I all the way better? You know, you're not a diabetic. You don't identify with these things. This, these problems are not you. Your blood sugar is, is not correct. It doesn't have enough minerals to do so. Your bone density is mineral deficient. I mean, this is not something that defines you in any way. And it's not something you need to think in terms of cure. You can rebuild your bone density. And now you no longer have a bone density problem. You don't need a Latin name like osteoporosis for it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's funny how they use Latin to create their own language and doctor in Latin means to teach, but they're not teaching. So, you know, the whole thing's an oxymoron in itself. There's That's actually an interesting point in a, a book that I finished. I, I did a podcast recording and posted it. It's called The Citizen Patient, Deep Dive on the Citizen Patient. Mm -hmm. And one of the interesting thing, points in that book, and he's an MD, Norton Hadler is the author. And he was pointing out that it doesn't help a doctor to become better at communicating with the patient because his whole book was about how bad the outcomes are for many different procedures from, you know, heart stents to knee surgeries and all this stuff. So he's saying these, these things generally aren't that effective. So if you understand this as a doctor, it doesn't help you to be a better communicator because the medical system requires patients or it doesn't get paid. If you're a better communicator, at telling patients what to expect from a procedure, from a drug regimen, the odds increase that they will say no to that procedure. Right. Basically, the more honest, the more 
easy to understand you are about explaining the various risks versus benefits, like the realistic risks versus benefits based on the actual data, not just on the pamphlet version that your doctor tells you. If you if you really have somebody who can explain these risks and benefits to you, you're more likely to say no to the procedure or the drug. So right. that was a, that was a funny point. He was just he was just bringing that up casually. Like it wouldn't help a doctor to be better at communicating. More of his patients would say no. The whole system would fall apart. Right. I think that it it's going to fall apart actually in our lifetime, I think. I think it's in the process of it and I don't yeah, think that's that's too you know rose-colored optimistic to think that. I think they're in the death throes and I think they just broke their last bit of public trust for many many millions of people recently. With the pandemic, right? Yeah, and we're uncensored here by the way. We can talk about anything. But yeah, yeah. with with the pandemic, with the uh lying about the efficacy, the overpromotion, I'm sure yes, media takes a lot of blame from this, but the entire medical community allowed this to happen. The censorship of doctors and everything. I mean, this is something that outrages regular citizens, not just people who are on the fringe as we are. I would be outraged too. You know, I know a lot of people that lost their jobs. A lot of people just say that. I literally know people that they said, no, I'm not getting this freaking experimental poison put in my arm. And fine, fine. If I'm fired, fine. They held out as long as they could. They did that. They lost their job. They lost their livelihood straight up. Not a joke, right? Not just some some random examples. At least these are random to you. I'm not giving you names, but they're real to me. Yeah. And I'm just saying that those people already were, of course, irate about this. But now lots of regular people can see this and say, oh, actually, yeah, that you know, our world was irrevocably changed. It's not that we can't revoke it, but they're not revoking this stuff, right? So they changed our world over this, yet they lied the entire time about basically every single aspect of it. And even things that are so well-known, things we learned in grade school, things I learned in grade school, like vaccines need to be tested for many years before they're allowed to go on the market. Huh? Okay. So I was invited onto one panel, by the way, in uh, 2020, I think the later part of 2020, fall 2020. And I didn't know that I was invited to be the quack guy, (laughs) you know, the the alternative representative there. I'm like, why why isn't Dr. Wallach here with me? (laughs) Why why am I this guy? I'm up against three, four, whatever so-called virology experts. And I said back then, I, I said, I don't care what's in the vaccine. I care about my right to take it. They weren't even talking about mandates yet right? This is ahead of time. I know they're going to mandate it, right? The way that everything's talking in the media and the politicians, of course, they're going to mandate it. What are you talking about? So they're saying, oh, there's no talk yet of it being mandated. Of course, I was right on that. I don't mean to just say, oh, I was right, but I'm not the only one that was saying this, that we don't care what the, the thing is. We care about our rights to choose to take this thing or not. And we definitely care about our access to information about this thing. Because without information, I can't make an informed choice. And a lot of people knew that the information was bogus to begin with. So they just chose not to choose, right? I'm not going to even make a choice. I'm not going to even think about getting it. If you're lying about the information that I'm supposed to use to base my choice on this. And yeah, they all came out and were like, oh, don't worry. It's been tested and everything, you know, it's no, it can't. It can't. What are you talking about? 2020 to 2021. How could it have been tested? You're not, you don't have enough time here. How can you have data sets in in a year? Can you have any data sets on the risk that's involved in a year? This is physically impossible. You have to collect these data sets for at least five years minimum. And then often drugs that do make it onto the market, many famous examples like Vioxx, you know, just take one out of the air, that uh, were already on the market and then proven later to be extremely harmful because there wasn't enough time. There wasn't enough good enough studies to 
actually show us this. So it was always a lie. And any medical professional that was like, oh, yeah, don't worry, it's been tested. You're lying. You're lying based on what you've been told in your schools, because we were all told this as children, that vaccines need to be tested for at least five years before they're even considered, before they're even anything happens, right? And this is why a lot of us were against flu shots, too. Like, you guys are telling us that the flu mutates all the time, and yet we're supposed to get a vaccine for it that is basically going to be outdated before it's even produced. How is this supposed to help us? So there's all kinds of problems with the theory, but for you to come out and just say, yeah, it's no, it's been tested. Yeah, we just changed. We just changed the criteria of everything. Don't worry. So now it's all good because we changed what good means. Yeah, I, I think the fall of the medical monopoly won't be that, actually. I think it's going to be statin drugs mm. because how much longer can they continue <laughs> to promote statins? When heart disease is still the number one killer in America, and maybe the world, I don't know. I only know America's stats. And so it's obviously not working. No, of course. And I mentioned at the beginning of this, tough cases. If you're on statin drug, you're the toughest case, period. I don't care if, if someone comes in with cancer or muscular dystrophy or something you might be spooked of, you know. But if you're on a statin drug, you're the worst patient ever. You're going to be the hardest to deal with ever. And the worst part about it for me is I can't tell you whether to take your drug or not. I'm not legally allowed to. It's one of those things. Not legally allowed to tell you what to do with drugs. I can tell you it's your choice. Your doctor works for you. You don't have to take their drugs. Problem is statins cause dementia, right? We say Alzheimer's is a physician caused disease. I'm ready to go ahead and throw MS, ALS, Huntington's and Parkinson's in that group and any other related syndromes because I basically never see any of these people with these diagnoses who are not on a pile of drugs. And usually it's a statin drug that's cherry on top. So it causes a dementia. Our brain's made of fat. It stops your body from using fat properly and producing it in the liver. You're going to be screwed. And you might not even understand what I'm saying when I'm saying that if you don't get off that statin, which I can't tell you to do, but if you don't get off of it, then nothing can help you. I can't help you. Postural therapy can't help you. Mindfulness can't help you. Herbs can't help you. Acupuncture can't help you. God can't help you if you stay on a statin drug. You will continue to deteriorate until you die, period. Nutrition will not work because the drug works better. Work is in in quote there. The drug works too good. Take all the nutrition you want. It will still work. The famous actor, Bruce Willis, it was just announced yesterday that he has frontal lobe dementia. Mm. And uh, someone looked at me today and I looked at them. And she said, let me guess, you're going to say statins. <laughs> yep. I bet you he's on statins. I bet, I bet you. it too. I bet that accounts for his weak performances over the last several years as well. And his skin, mm. his skin looks terrible, not acne, but it just looks brittle and gray. And even the makeup people can't make up for it. He looks depressed. He looks down. Why? Cholesterol makes your adrenal hormones. That's where your energy comes from. Uh, it makes testosterone. That's where your motivation comes from as a man and actually largely as a woman as well. So without uh, cholesterol, which statins make sure that your body does not produce enough cholesterol, because even if you stop eating cholesterol, your body will kick up the production of it. That's how important it is. <laughs> That's why uh, statins are prescribed, because dr- uh, diets don't tend to work very well, actually. And we say they're just not doing it properly. They're not using the 90 essential nutrients and all that, whatever. But basically, diet changes don't tend to work, don't sh- tend to show impressive results because your body goes into overdrive producing cholesterol. If you reduce your cholesterol, it's because... Cholesterol is an essential nutrient. And yeah, Bruce Willis, like, he looks terrible. He looks like he has no energy. Looks like he has no mo- motivation. Looks like he doesn't care. 
The film critic community says it looks like he doesn't care. He shows up for one or two day shoots, gets a million bucks of pop for some uh, directed DVD film. He doesn't care. Looks like he doesn't care. How can he care without his hormones? And his skin is also made of cholesterol. Not completely, but it's part of skin. It's part of all soft tissues. So his skin looks like crap. Hair looks like crap. He's been bald for a long time, obviously. I mean, even just the little skin around his eyes. It's not like I'm studying Bruce Willis, but you could see this on <laughs> any civilian. You know, it's not just bags under the eyes, but they're like brittle, hard rows almost. You know, the crow's feet are hard. And this means there's not enough fat in that skin. Yes, I agree with you, Dr. Reese. He's probably on a statin drug. I don't know if you saw my video the other day, but I, I just had a calcium scoring test and it came back zero. That means my arteries are clear. Woo! And I eat quite a bit of red meat, butter. So cholesterol is a myth, obviously. And I needed to get this test to prove it. And the other thing is genetics. You know, the crutch that the medical monopoly leans on. My dad had open heart at 47. I'm about to be 44, just about the same age. And I got a zero and he had, a, you know, four blocked arteries. So obviously it's not genetics. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You know, he did that to himself, self-inflicted through lack of education from the people that use Latin words. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was, you know, decent validation to get that test. I don't plan on getting it again, but it's something I wanted to do because again, my dad at 47, you know, my dad used to just be convinced that it's genetics because his dad died around 50 from a heart attack too. No, it's not genetics. They didn't take care of themselves. Self-inflicted wound. Or what I call slow suicide. The slow suicide will bring you to 80 years old. It's not going to be fun, though, from 50 to 80. And in perspective here, by the way, the current longest-lived woman everyone agrees on is Jean Calmet, French lady, lived to 122 years old. So falling apart at 50, 40, 60, 70, it's not impressive. Even the no. longest lived countries right now, Hong Kong and Japan at 85 years, roughly. So it's not that impressive. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm noticing, and I'm sure you notice it too, that people are very appreciative of our social medias because, you know, to, to find a Ryan Alexander or a Kevin Reese, it, it's refreshing that someone is speaking out and not doing it in a way that's activism. Right. Cause I, I'm nowhere near an activist. I don't feel like I can change any of this. This was always pitched to me as a military operation. Dr. Wallach used military terms. He says we're creating an army of the informed. Army of the informed. Army of the informed to go and spread this message. It's the only way he saw doing it. If he opened a store, we probably never would have heard of him. 
might have been successful down there in San Diego, but we probably never would have heard of him. So yeah, he created this army of the informed, this grassroots army. It's what it is. And what do we do? We train each other. Yeah. We put forward this information, I would say rather aggressively. <laughs> it's not that the tone is aggressive, but the uh, content stream most certainly is. We have a presence. We've had a presence on the circuit for many years. You know, most people in this industry, even if they're selling other products like essential oils or noni juice, I mean, they typically know who we are. And it's a strong presence. And even Dr. Wallach, there's a lot of other people that disagree with him. Some public figures in the health business that I'm not going to name names here, but they always come over and show respect to Dr. Wallach fairly unanimously. I'm sure I missed a few that, you know, snuck away without saying anything, but Many of them go out of their way to come and pay respect to Dr. Wallach. I mean, he's been doing this a very, very, very long time. Even uh, people like you and I now, we're coming in years now. It's going to turn into decades. This movement is becoming very, very strong. And especially now that we have more than just a small handful of leaders, it's not just you and I. There's many of them out there, many captains and lieutenants. And mm. I like the army terms of it. You know, it's, yeah. that, that is what we're doing post by post, right? We're spreading the good word one post at a yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. So one person at a time training these people out there, like you said, how, whether they know it or not, they're being trained on this too. How long were you on the phone with him this morning? Usually it's very brief. He's, he's very efficient. He's very efficient. Um, you want me to go get my notes actually from that conversation? We talked about some tough cases. They might be interesting to go over here. I would love to hear it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to grab a glass of water too. So yeah, I've got my notes here from Dr. Wallach and yeah, often it is super quick. He, we're very efficient. I try and call him at 7.30 in the morning, California time. I, I wait until 10.30 my time to call him. And I try not to take too much of his time right there in the morning, but it's the best time to get him. You so, can't, he doesn't text, huh? He does not text. And this is the type of stuff I wouldn't want to text anyway. So yeah, tough ones here today. So I had uh, a cerebral palsy case, uh, hydrocele, uh, aplastic anemia, uh, high, dry, high triglyceride levels. Someone asked, like, hey, what actually is the level of high triglycerides? Well, I didn't know that answer. I, I don't care. Honestly, I, I just really don't. Do the stuff and the markers should go into their right place. I know that's a very simple way to look at it. But honestly, I've never needed to know this. And even Dr. Wallach, he says, I don't know. I don't know what the high upper limit of triglycerides is. We, we, we don't care. Do, do the stuff. He'll just start rattling off program stuff, you know, make sure get off the bad foods and get on the 90 and, you know, add some extra circulation support if you really have a problem with this and it should go down. We don't really care what the level is. Anyway, so that's that question answered. Um, I wanted to ask yeah, him tri about... Tri triglycerides are usually uh, EFAs. Well, yeah, we could. We just said we don't care what the level is. And yeah. someone's like, I want to know if I am high. Well, I don't, I, I don't know. Dr. Wallet didn't, didn't care about the question. I, I don't really care either. I would want to know, well, have you been on the program for a while? You know, have you started yet? Oftentimes these really detailed questions or deep or questions that are about markers, the person just hasn't even started yet. So I know it sounds just kind of maybe even rude. Like, you know, we, we just, we don't care about these things, right? Like, have you started yet? <laughs> just go ahead and start. Do you have symptoms? They'll probably get better. Are you currently testing for any markers? Well, watch them change, right? If you want you don't have to you don't have to go to a dark doctor and get anything measured for the most part to get better i also wanted to talk to him about buckwheat he's been going on about buckwheat people are asking me why is buckwheat on the list now and i had to say i don't really know <laughs> so dr wallach said it's because of phagopyrenes 
Phagopyrenes, P-H-A-G-O, Pyrenes, P-Y-R-E-N-E-S, Phagopyrenes. He said they're basically worse, worse than gluten, cause the same inflammation, same basic result, inflames the villi in the intestines, prevents absorption, causes lupus-like symptoms, basically immune reaction. So buckwheat's just been thrown on our list I, just because I trust Dr. Wallach, but that's the reason why now, Phagopyrenes. And I'm going to have to look more into Phagopyrenes. I'm just trying to memorize this word right now as we speak. Phagopyrenes. Mm. Say it 10 times. You'll probably remember it. Uh, on my notes list here, this is just my daily note list. My wife says we should make a hormone pack. I agree. I wrote it down. It's a good idea. Someone was asking about eye drops, the type of uh, eye drops that dilate your pupils. Not going to read the drug names. Dr. Wallach says he doesn't really care. Wants to know why the person is getting an eye exam. Let's talk about that instead. Um, then here's a weird one. Hypersalivation. That's not a disease. That's just a symptom, but hypersalivation. And it turns out my guess was correct, but I wanted to call Dr. Wallach and, and check. Yeah, I figured it was osteoporosis of the head of the skull, pinching one of the cranial nerves. And he yep. said, yep, could be cranial nerve number three, four, or five, or all three, or two of them. Those cranial nerves have to do with the mouth. So burning mouth and hypersalivation are both potential symptoms of that nerve being compressed from osteoporosis in the skull. Hey, let's mention this. So we're talking about posture. I'm yep. going to get back to my note page there, but talking about posture, you mentioned that uh, posture could even cause a stomach problem or digestion problem. You're yep. talking about the pelvis, but even higher up. We know the gastroparesis or GERD, for example, or, uh, you know, chronic reflux could be caused by a pinched vagus nerve, a, yeah. a back. It could be caused by a back injury. It could be caused actually by a posture problem as well. And recently I, I talk about tinnitus all the time. People ask about tinnitus all the time. Most commonly these days it's caused just by Bluetooth headphones or putting the phone to your head, but it could also be osteoporosis of the skull, pinching a nerve, cranial nerve. But I'm bringing this up because those cranial nerves don't just start and end in the head. Those cranial nerves travel down through the body and you can get a right. pin pinch or a kink or an injury in your neck, in your back. And yes, absolutely. It can cause a stomach problem. could also cause tinnitus, uh, could also potentially cause the hypersalivation, although that's very unlikely because the cranial nerves are going kind of directly to the mouth. Yeah. Um, else here on my list. So I wanted some way to cover this actually. So this is an excuse to get into these. I might make a hydro seal video because uh, this is a weird one. You know what hydro seal is? No. Does not come up every day. No. It, it's a uh, buildup of lymphatic fluid in the testicles. Oh, yeah. And hydro seal is spelled C E L E, like cell kind of. It's hydro seal. So, yeah, uh, this is a three month old baby. It's a baby. So a lot of the things are taken off the table, actually, for a baby. So it's a three-month-old baby. So that means like hormone support, that's off the table. It's out of the question. Uh, for babies, we just generally don't use powerful herbal products. And that's what a hormone support product would be. And if you hear a testicle, any problem in the testicle, then uh, we just throw in the hormone support. It just That's what Dr. Wallach would do. Makes sense. Probably fix the problem. No problem. But we're not going to give that to a baby. And uh, the real question for this one is, is he breastfeeding? So the answer is yes. So that means whatever nutritional protocol, it applies to the mother, not the baby. Right? He's getting all this nutrition through the breast. That means it's up to the mother. So she started on the 90 recently, and she said she went gluten-free 10 days ago. This is as of this morning. And some of the symptoms have gone away already. I think she said he was less spitty. He's just spitting, and I guess, you know, I don't know. He's calmed down a bit, and he had some red 
marks on them, red spots on them, and they went away or have gone down already. That's from her being gluten-free because the gluten goes through the breast milk and irritates the baby too. Sets up an intolerance in the baby, right? Babies being exposed to these aggressive proteins, baby's body forms an immune response to them, basically a defensive response. And this is why generation by generation, people are becoming more and more sensitive. They're being sensitized through the breast milk. And uh, both the mother and the child are progressively less nourished on trace minerals and, and so on and so on. So she needs the 90. Yes, I'm just giving you what he said would be the protocol. She's already on the 90. Yeah, he said add the circulation support even for her and the MSM and the collagen even for her. And interesting that he said that. So that's connective tissue support. And then I said, hey, doc, well, I forgot to tell you, actually, the hydrocele child also has an umbilical hernia. Oh, there you go. That makes sense, right? So the mother's deficient in the nutrients that make connective tissue. That deficiency has been passed on to the child. The problem here, the hydrocele is not actually a nutritional problem. It's a kink in the lymphatic drainage. So you can do lymphatic massage and stuff, but why would there be a kink in any pipe or tube or, like you said, fascia earlier? Why would there be a problem in any of this or umbilical hernia? Why, why would this muscle be popping out or whatever it is why, why would it be popping out of its place because connective tissue holds everything in place right fascia yep. all this stuff uh, muscles are held to bones muscles are held together organs are held together veins are held uh, you know they're connected to all these different places it's all connective tissue that does all this and so what do you know he's got the hydrocele and he's also got the hernia so just very quickly he recommended the mother she supplement, she get on the 90 essential nutrients. And he said brain and heart pack. That means extra selenium, extra essential fatty acids and extra connective tissue. He recommended in the form of MSM and collagen peptides. And for the hernia itself, the umbilical hernia, avoid surgery, do the nutrition, wear an elastic waistband. They make waistbands for this. It basically, it goes, uh, you know, above the navel and uh, down through most of the pelvis. It's just a big, rather than just having a, a small one inch band on your shorts right an elastic band on your shorts is just a much bigger one it's like six eight ten inches wide so it just holds them in basically and just let the muscles set in as you're giving them the nutrition and you shouldn't need surgery for the umbilical hernia so that was that protocol i thought that was interesting and that made sense what caused the hydrocele in the first place probably connective tissue deficiency and probably other related mineral deficiencies that put connective tissue into place and that was the protocol protocol was for the mother get around the 90 extra connective tissue, extra brain and heart, nutrients, selenium, omegas, cholesterol. Wear an elastic waistband until the thing sets in properly. Right. Makes sense. And by the way, it's not an infection, right? Doctors might say, oh, it might be an infection, whatever. We're talking about testicles that are three times the size here too, is what the mother says. You can do a lymphatic massage to yourself or this is a baby, so it'd be the mother doing it to him. You have to drain the lymph. You have to drain the fluid and fluid can build up places this happens with women in bras all the time because it stops lymph from draining properly. So you can do yeah, lymphatic is, massage to drain it. it this, this is also where postural therapy would come in because postural therapy moves lymph big time. Talk to us about it. And by the way, before you do, I, the only other thing I mentioned, because this was a baby, you can't do most of the circulation exercises. So I recommended just getting a baby um, jumper and they just, they strapped into it and they just jump up and down on it. Oh yeah. That, that would be good too. Yeah. Yeah, but running, you, there is baby uh, postural exercises, you know, you get them on their back, static back. You could do static back. Yeah, you could even um, move their ankles, you know, foot circles. 
instead of them um, doing it themselves you just do it for them eh? yeah because all joints are um pumps they're lymphatic pumps speaking of the lymphatic system you know i come i originate from dr morris's school right and you know if you ask him every disease comes from lymphatic stagnation all of them according to him but the interesting thing to me is l- lymph is technically connective tissue so you still need that nutrition <laughs> so it, it's an interesting uh dynamic there that yeah the, the lymph needs to move obviously but it needs well, it's nutrition. not that obvious it's not that obvious they don't teach us this in school for us it's obvious though we didn't even know what lymph was yeah for us now i mean but you know it, it needs you know a proper soft tissue nutrients uh and movement it needs movement and i think that that could be a problem with a baby and my question would be is the baby crawling Oh, it looks like the, the baby's actually improved already. I actually said on the story and whatever, I said this is probably going to be an easy case because it's a baby. Babies are typically very easy. People get freaked out with babies. I don't know why. Babies are the easiest. You're in complete control. Yeah. Toddlers can argue with you. Teenagers are a nightmare. Adults are so set in their ways that we have to literally start from square one. Babies are already out square one. They can't argue with it at all. Yeah. As long as the mother does it. But again, it's it's going to be the mother that's going to be the impediment, if anything. Father, whatever, parents. You know, they're the ones with the uh, ideas that might need to be changed. And, and they're the ones that have to actually do the stuff, buy the stuff, put the stuff in their body, his body. I don't know. Uh, it should be an easy case, though. Honestly, if she's gone gluten-free already, this problem might just correct itself within a few yeah. weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I only said it was a hard case because it's a weird one. It doesn't definitely does not come up every day. This no. is a rare one. It's not common. Next one here, cerebral palsy is also not common. It's a birth defect. So this is a tragedy, basically. It's deficiency in multiple nutrients in embryo, I mean, in pregnancy. So this, you can't fix this. If the cerebellum did not develop properly, you know, they might never have motor skills. There's different degrees. There's people with uh, less damage. I mean, there's more of a cerebellum there. So some of them can move. Some of them can talk. Some of them can leave, lead real lives. Some of them are completely confined to a wheelchair and have absolutely no motor function at all. Uh, no coordination of it at all. They might flail around. They might have to be strapped into a chair for their entire lives. Uh, this particular case here, I think she's 13, nonverbal. So rough, rough, rough shape. And why I bring this up? Because we might not be able to fix the cerebellum. It's not, we're not magicians, right? If there's not a piece of the brain there, it wasn't there from birth. Nutrients are not going to grow a brain that isn't there. If you caught it very, very early, maybe you can develop more, but we're talking 13 years old here. So what I would focus on is improving the quality of life. And this would be true for anybody with severe birth defects. Surgery can fix some of them. And then you're probably also going to have other problems. And when the case of a nonverbal cerebral palsy patient, they can't really tell us how uncomfortable they are. But I think we can kind of imagine that existence can't move properly, can't speak you probably can't understand much of what's going on around you. You probably have all kinds of pains and itches and cramps. And uh, in this case, you know, severe digestion problems. And you can't voice your opinion about it, right? I try to put myself in their shoes and I think, okay, what can we make better? What can we fix? Well, we can fix the digestion problems. This person's on a feeding tube, by the way, a PED. So anything we do has to go in the feeding tube. So I can't just do the salt flush right salt flush requires your judgment he, he she can't judge 
So uh, digestive enzymes would be going in there as well in the feeding tube because I I hear reflux. It's okay. That's stomach acid deficiency, but I can't tell you an exact amount of salt that you need. And uh, we're we're really treading on legality here, (laughs) you know, talking about feeding tubes. Uh, they probably are putting a electrolyte solution, like ringer solution or something like that. Not just saline. They probably do have an electrolyte solution in the feeding tube, I hope. But clearly it's not enough. So I would throw in that digestive enzymes. And he went in just like normal. MSM, collagen, synaptive. These are our specific products, by the way. Anyone listening, reach out to us. Contact information is in the description of this video and on noticebooks.org, not usbooks.org. So you might not know what these specific products are. Synaptive. The, encourages growth of the synapses brain function right we don't know how much of brain function we can get back but we're going to try is what it looks like from this recommendation and this is a huge recommendation this is a coma protocol basically brain and heart pack that's the 90 cent nutrients plus extra essential fatty acids plus extra selenium that's a big pack there it's got two connective tissue products here once again msm and collagen this is the heavy hammer he's got synaptive and he's got the classic tablets here, classic tablets. And he specified he wants him to have, he wants her to have both of the types of EFAs, the EFA plus and the ultimate EFA. He wants both of them in there. Mm. And yeah, uh, he didn't specify just, he singled that out. I don't know why something about the mixture of each. He wants them to have both and uh, the classic tablets or the cardio effects, depending on which country it is for the circulation support because so this child, this 13 year old, it's not just palsy. Palsy is a part of the brain. If it's not there or if it's half the size, that's, that's just, that's what it is. Might be able to get some more motor function. Not hundred percent sure. Let's go for it though. We could probably fix the digestion, probably fix a lot of the pain and stuff that this child is probably in that is not able to communicate to anybody about and uh, their generalized discomfort and hopefully just increase their quality of life. That's it. Uh, that's what we can hope to do. Uh, if we see some amazing result and like there are amazing results. We get people out of comas, you know, but they had a job and they could talk before they were in the coma. Right. So getting someone from, from literally zero, I don't know what we're going to be able to do. It's always a dice shoot. We're just going to see that he's, she's got all the, the brain nutrients there, heavy duty. So see if that works, but definitely could clean up the digestion and stuff. Like I said, if you're sitting there immobile in a chair for your entire short life, it's a short life, I'm not going to live to a hundred you might as well not be in discomfort in every system in your body. You know, we might as well fix some of this. And I do hope the parents take us up on that because it was a third party asking us about that case. So not the person who's in control. And yeah. lastly, and I'm, I'm going to put down my piece of paper here after this, aplastic anemia. This is not just regular anemia. Regular anemia is usually just caused by like B12 deficiency. One of the B vitamin deficiencies. It's usually not iron. Why? Because every anemic is already on iron. <laughs> and it doesn't work. They're still anemic. That's why they come to us and they say, I'm anemic. And uh, I've been on the doctors or whatever, the regular iron supplements, been on them for 10 years. I'm still anemic because it's usually not iron deficiency. It's usually one of the cofactors. B12 deficiency can cause anemia. It's called B12 deficiency anemia. Easy name on that one. B6 deficiency can cause anemia. Uh, vitamin C deficiency can cause anemia. Copper deficiency can cause anemia. So many of the different cofactors with iron can cause anemia. And that's usually the case. It's usually not iron. That's actually the the missing thing. Pretty hard to be low on iron. Pretty easy not to absorb it properly. You don't have a strong stomach acid and if you're missing the cofactors. So aplastic anemia is actually in the bone marrow. Bone marrow itself is not producing the blood cells. And the bone marrow also produces stem cells, right? So like 
Bone marrow is crazy important. No one talks about bone marrow. What does a bone marrow need? Needs the 90th century nutrients, just like anything else. Probably a food problem in here. No, I'm not sure how old this case was. I don't, I, it was Levi, Captain Quarters, MedCorp, mm-hmm. who was asking me about this case. I didn't get the full details. I don't know if it's a child or whatnot, but if it is just like the last child with hydroseal, then the mother needs to do the nutrition properly because, yeah, foods are probably antagonizing the whole system here, causing malabsorption of something. And he recommended, once again, the Healthy Brain and Heart Pack. That's the regular 90 such nutrients and extra selenium, extra omegas. Same thing here. You, you, you give the same recommendation for three problems here, by the way. And this is not random. I mean, this is the heavy hammer for a lot of things. This is a, I'm, oh, yeah. I might as well call this the coma, the coma pack. Brain and heart pack plus MSM plus collagen plus the ultimate daily classic tablets. That's our hardcore circulation support product. Or you could use cardio effects instead. Very similar mixture yeah. as you know dr reese and in my opinion you could also use niacin plus because the niacin flush accomplishes the same thing but yeah. uh cardio effects has become my favorite dr reese and, and yeah, cardio effects is, i like better yeah yeah I, I like it a lot a few bucks cheaper and it's available in the other countries as well uh, the ultimate daily classic tablets is usa only even though it's dr wellick's go-to it's not my go-to because we deal worldwide he also threw in d3 in here he put an emphasis on d3 because you need D3 for your bone marrow to work properly. Big deal. Big deal. You need D3 for your bones, right? Bones, right? D, yep. Vitamin D deficiency causes rickets. What's rickets? Bone disease. Bone problem. If yep. you have bone problem, you might have bone marrow problem. Bone marrow needs the same nutrients as the bones. Uh, so that's all wrapped up there. So aplastic anemia, that was the protocol. Don't know the body weight. So the doses would be based on the body weight. Hopefully they're off the bad foods and uh, should be actually a quick result because you don't have to rebuild uh, connective tissue takes a while to rebuild. That's a tougher one. Um, you know, it takes a while to rebuild a knee, something like that. It takes a while to heal bones, whether you have du- proper nutrition or not. But uh, it doesn't take very long for your body to start producing the right stuff all of a sudden, the right hormones, right? The right neurotransmitters. It can change that real quick. So you give your body what it needs. The bone marrow can start kicking up production of the requisite things it was not able to do before. Blood cells in this case. And the aplastic anemia should be history. Mm. cure still doesn't even apply right even though you don't have it anymore it just doesn't matter it's not a light switch aplastic anemia is not something you have something you don't have you don't have raw material to make blood cells right makes sense so normally you talk to wallach for what like five minutes (laughs) a lot of our calls are 30 seconds long oh my god we don't need the whole thing he's like voice texting Well, he speaks fast. I speak fast. We're, we're up to date. We don't need any introductions. It's not a three-way call. Hey, Doc, good morning. Hope you got a minute. Yeah, I got a minute. Hey, I got this thing. Yeah, they're doing that. No, 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 they're not doing that. Okay, add this. Bam, done. Talk to you later. Nice. He bugs me these days too because um, so we're working on the uh, Diseases of Exotic Animals, his major textbook mm-hmm. released way back in 1983. It's a thousand-page textbook. Cost me a thousand bucks to buy because <laughs> it hasn't been in print and decades so we're re-releasing it been working on that for months he's super excited about it just finished the primates section because we're just releasing it in 10 parts you can't print a textbook on amazon print on demand so we're putting out paperbacks of each section this one's the primate section found it pretty interesting actually yeah he's pumped about this so he's calling me sometimes just to bug me it was what's progress we almost we almost done this and yeah the cover's almost done it might be out in three days you know 
<laughs> but it's still a 15 second conversation. Like Saturday night too. I'm like, well, what's up? Doc? Hey, what's up with that book? He's just pumped. He never stops, right? He never turns it off. He doesn't care what time of day it is. <laughs> how, how much does he sleep? Not very often. I've said this. I, I think he got better in recent years because he's not living the, uh, the gypsy life right now. He's not, he's not living on the road right now. He's at home. I've said wow. this before. I only saw him sleep once. He, like He's a bit of a psychopath about this. Like Seriously. Honestly, I look up to the man, but I'm like, you got to sleep, man. Like, what is it? What are we trying to prove here? You've been doing this for 30 years. We get it. We get it. You, you stay up late and you do radio shows and then be up early. And like, this guy beats me to the events. This guy came to my town, beat me to my own event in my own town. I live down did the he, street. He beat me there. How do you beat me there? Did he say anything to you when you showed up? No, but I could see that smug pride. I'm not making fun of him here. I'm just saying, I, I, I know he's, he's, he likes it. He likes to be that guy who does more than he has to. He's 82 years old. I think right now he doesn't need to be on this schedule at all. And yeah, he would outwork me for most of the time. I started this business in my twenties. These are long days at expos and stuff morning to night. And then we have social events after these things. Like we have dinners together and I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted in my twenties. He's acting like it's no big deal. I don't know how much of his act, but I know he, he truly loves to, to just be there all the time. Whatever is happening, he wants to be there. He doesn't want to go to sleep. He wants to call coast to coast. He wants to be on coast to coast. It doesn't matter if he's been on it 45 times. He wants to be on it again. He'll take calls from the other side of the world in the middle of the night and all this stuff. And the only time I ever saw him really sleep is because there was too many of us one time. Chef Norman had to sleep on the couch because that's what Dr. Wallach would do. He'd say, oh, you, you take the bedrooms so he can just hang out in the living room and make calls and, and do radio shows and what, whatever he does. I don't know. <laughs> so he would just stay up all night. But yeah, one time Chef Norman needed the couch. It's just chain of command here. We forced him to go into the bedroom and he actually slept. Never seen him sleep before, actually. He's usually up later than me and up before me. And I'm an early riser. And this is an old man, right? He's showing, it, he's showing up to the events earlier. Man, one time we had this, one of the big health expos in Toronto. It's a huge event. Again, Sunday, we go for dinner afterwards. Big event. And uh, I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired. These weekends are so grueling, honestly. But he's been there. He shows up again early in the morning. He's there. He's actually the one with all the attention on him. He's the one giving out 500 protocols in a row you know, without a lunch break and stuff like yeah, he's cranky at the end of the day too. I mean, these are long days, but we're at this big social gathering afterwards. I'm friggin' exhausted. He is going away with some other people in a, in a car. They're going to go do some, some adventure in the city in Toronto here. It's, it's two in the morning here. He's going off like a college kid. You know, <laughs> we got to, you know, I guess the event's over. We don't got to be anywhere in the morning on Monday, but this particular day I'm remembering, we actually did have an event on Monday, Monday evening. <laughs> and I was tired. I, I slept in, you know, dragged myself to that event in that evening. Of course, he's there ahead of time looking like nothing happened. And I asked him, oh, what happened with your little field trip you guys did yesterday? Oh, he's telling me all about it again. Like he's a schoolboy, you know, it was a lot of fun. And uh, the other guys he was with are like, these are like 40, 50 year old men. And they were telling me, oh, yeah, we had to call it off. We had to call. <laughs> we had to go home. Wallach wanted to stay out. And just, I don't know, he, he loves it. He thinks he doesn't need sleep. I disagree. Sleep is very healthy and very important. But yeah, it's wi wild to me. I mean, has to be the supplementation on top of his uh, 
outstanding motivation. But the, he supplements hardcore, man. I do more than yeah, the bare minimum, but I mean, he's he's more than overboard for sure. Yeah, when I did when I had him on my podcast, I could see behind you know in his kitchen there, and he had a lot of supplements, mm-hmm. a lot. He takes everything, rebounds, <laughs> everything, everything, everything. Yep. My gosh, yeah. Well, he was in the military, wasn't he? When he was I'm, younger, I'm pretty sure he still is, actually. Reserves, right? It says in his book, uh, Prepare. His, his book, Prepare. I actually, had to, I gave away my copy. I didn't have to. Somebody wanted it. Gave it away. Getting the information out there is more important than me owning the book. But this leads me maybe to the last thing I want to talk about here today. Because uh, I wrote down some words you were saying. I wrote down posture. I wrote down mindfulness. I wrote down clinic. And uh, I, wrote, I wrote down the word evidence. I want to collect evidence. Yeah. Um, I myself also want to collect evidence. And I brought up this name, Marvin Ropp. Marvin Ropp is a Marine, was a Marine. He's also an Amish man. And Marvin Ropp wrote part of that book, Prepare. That's why I brought him up. He's uh, one of the guys that uh, have enabled Wallach to work in the Amish communities for many years and decades now. Because Marvin Ropp brought them in. He was an Amish guy, joined the army. Mm-hmm. Learned this stuff from Wallach somehow and then uh, went back to the Amish communities and, and started to make a difference. My point is Marvin Ropp is one of the few people who has collected... Uh, really, really great visual evidence. First of all, he's collected a lot of testimonials on camera, including my own and some people uh, that I know in a professional setting, like professionally recorded. The problem is his stuff is all on a, it's behind a paywall. You have to pay to see his stuff. That's how he makes his living. But uh, you can't hold that against him. Just saying that uh, that inspired me years ago to start collecting evidence. And I have not done it that well, basically. But Marvin Rupp, he had not just testimonials from people, but he also had slideshows full of uh, plant experiments. Like you wrote down, ex- you said evidence. So I thought experiments. I wrote down the word evidence. This is the type of yeah. stuff I want to do in the future because uh, probably not going to get it from Marvin Rupp. <laughs> probably right. not going to get his permission to share that. So we need to replicate some of these things. And paper is not enough these days. These days it's video or it didn't happen. So I would like to do many different plant experiments, just very simple things. Here's a plant without the minerals. Here's a plant with the minerals. He did lots of cool stuff. Like he would put apples out in a field and leave game cams there. And uh, animals would come like caribou, deer, and other animals. They would come up and they'd be grazing on the grass where he sprayed the plant-derived minerals. He sprayed the plant-derived minerals on a patch of grass. And these animals would come by and ignore the fresh apples which is normally huh. they would they would take the apples, but they're more interested in the mineral-enriched soil. They're coming from far and wide. I think he had picture of like, was it a deer and a moose in the same frame? If you know about these animals, you should know they don't like each other. Moose and deer do not like each other. They uh, generally don't overlap on their territories very much. And so to see them both in the same frame, both just licking this grass <laughs> and uh, also ignoring the apples, but ignoring each other, very interesting to me. Very, very interesting. And he had lots of plant experiments showing here's a plant with minerals. Look how much bigger and more impressive it is. I've seen plenty of these in real life too. It just didn't have the proper documentation. Like uh, the guy who brought me into this business, old man Nelson, he loves Jerusalem artichokes. So every year he would get Jerusalem artichokes and him and his neighbor across the uh, road would both grow them. And Nelson's was like nine feet tall and more. And across the road, it was four feet tall or less. So you had these massive Jerusalem artichokes. The only thing he changed was the minerals. And after all these years, his neighbor wouldn't believe him. <laughs> Just kept growing them the old way. Whatever. But uh, 
you know, it would have been great to actually document that. And I would like to do more mouse experiments and things like that. Other short-lived creatures. Let's play around. Let's replicate the things, the uh, calorie reduction experiments, right? Keep the minerals and vitamins the same. Drop the calories in half or quarter. See what it does to your lifespan. Dropping them in half should double the lifespan. That's how it usually works. But let's replicate it. Let's make it on video. I would love to do more of these types of things and even include the EMF equation, the EMF factor into the equation. Here's a mouse cage, you know, next to the Wi-Fi. Let's see what happens. Absolutely. It's kind of animal cruelty, but I mean, I I think some of these things need to be done. We're human beings that are living next to Wi-Fi. I think that's also animal cruelty. Well, we're we're far past um, respecting mice at this point. (laughs) Well, yeah. Mice are constantly being uh, brutalized for experiments. Let me throw in something here, doctors. So in my days at the University of Sydney and Sydney Institute of Marine Science, uh, we did have to do a few animal experiments at some point. And then I learned what ethics boards are, ethics committees. And I learned that this is why they said it would cost a billion dollars to replicate Wallach's work, right? There's 17,500 autopsies on 454 species of animals and then another 3,000 humans for comparison. They said that would cost a billion dollars partially because of all the bureaucratic costs now. And so when we were trying to apply to work with animals, we're talking about sea creatures here. I don't even think we're talking about fish. I don't remember what species we were trying to get, but we ended up only getting permission for starfish and snails, or maybe it was the entire class of echinoderms, which is uh, what starfish belong to. But uh, yeah, we weren't able to get any vertebrates. We weren't able to get permission to work with vertebrates at all. I guess I think we were trying to work with fish. We're allowed to go and kill fish in the field. We're allowed to go and collect them in a net or in a trap and study them. You know, we're allowed to autopsy them. We're allowed to preserve them. We're allowed to do slides. And we're not allowed to keep them alive in a tank without ethics board's approval. So my point in saying this is connected to the point earlier. Like you don't need a bachelor's to get a PhD. And you actually don't need a PhD to do science. You can do your own science. You're just probably not going to get grants. And my point with this is I don't think I would get a grant anyways. I think if I was a biologist, I wouldn't get a grant to do a proper mouse study the way I'd want to do it. And I don't mean abusing the animals, but I I am deliberately subjecting them to adverse events. And this has been studied in the past, but it's becoming harder and harder to do. And so I'd like to do it in a setting that I don't need permission in, because if I'm not at a University, I don't need permission. No one's paying me to do this. I don't, I don't need their money. I don't need their permission. I don't need their ethics boards. Right. But you're yeah, talking about a... human documentation. That's, re- that's really great, too. I'm just saying, we, I think we need to come at this multi, multi-leveled. I'm picturing like a reality TV show, too, by the way, for just regular people who are getting healthy, like professional editing. Let's move this video along quite swiftly, but let's see some real dramatic results here. You mentioned earlier the legality. I think as long as we're not claiming that if you do this, this will happen to you or some variety of that statement, as long as you don't have that statement in there, I think we're good. You got to put up that disclaimer at the front, right? Like this is um, not meant to be medical advice or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I've been getting a little risque with mine. Uh, Like, yeah, we can reverse it. (laughs) Reverse is legal. Reverse yeah, le- no. legally doesn't mean anything. Implying that there's a process, a progressive process, and you're just going backwards. You're like reverse en- engineering a dysfunction in the body. So I like reverse. Correct is a good one too. 
they all still sound soft. They sound like soft words. I know. I wish we could say cure. I wish cure made sense. It just doesn't. It's not how health works. It's not how disease works for the most part, unless you catch an infection. Right. Yeah, I just tell people I'm not medical, you know, I'm anti-medical monopoly. On my website and the bottom, it gives a pretty good disclaimer. We're not part of the medical monopoly. <laughs> well, it can't be medical advice, right? No, it, it, and that's that's the thing is if you're coming out and saying we're not medical, not only are we not medical, we're anti-medical, then you're automatically claiming we're something different. And so I think that sets the frame right away. And uh, that's where the HD comes in. Something completely different. Like, no, nah, this, ain't, this ain't medical. Has, this has nothing to do with insurance, hospitals, primary care physicians, nothing. Zero. This is different. I got a lot of research to do to find out how to start an accredited doctoral university or institute. That might... Uh, very well be the toughest hurdle the the accreditation thing itself i think it might even be worth just doing it so people for the first 10 20 30 40 years will be like ah it's an hd though it's one of those hd things you know you know those people who started that thing yeah they weren't accredited at the beginning it they just they just never stopped doing it and then you know i think one day it'll just be a thing that people will recognize whether it's accredited yeah. or not because who's really going to accredit us honestly I don't I don't see that happening. Even the naturopathic schools these days, they're pretty much forced to teach what they would call complementary medicine, what I would call uncomplementary medicine, meaning they, they do actually have a focus on drugs largely and using herbs like drugs, right? Prescribe this for this problem, basically treat problems with herbal medicines. It's not much different than doing it with pharmaceuticals, although it's a little bit less harmful. It still doesn't actually fix the problem. My point is that that's the only thing that's able to get accredited these days. Yeah, I, I know I could definitely start a certificate program. Even Dr. Morse has that. And his course is short. Well, what if we just came up with like a six-year program? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Got to like, be at least four or five years, at least. Yeah, and like, so even if it's not recognized officially, like, well, this program, it requires you to have a bachelor's degree before you even show up. Yeah. And uh, then, yeah, it's actually a six-year program. Yep. Minimum. There's no way around it. You can't fast yep. track it. Nothing like that. I, I would say I would say four. But the concept of what you're saying is correct. Like it needs, like when I went to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, it was a one-year school, and then Dr. Morris was like a few weeks, dude. You can learn a lot in a few. You can learn certain things. Like I mean, I th I would imagine this uh, program would be comprised of like I, I just mentioned a few, like acupuncture and cupping. But gotta, from, there's got to be like 40 of those different things that you could learn in a few weeks. Yeah, for, but from a small talk standpoint, when you're talking to people and they, oh, how long did you go to school for that? And you say a few weeks, it's not <laughs> going to hold much water. So my health coaching certificate was a full year. So it sounded chunkier, you know what I mean? So, you know, this definitely has to be chunky, no doubt. Well, Whether I'm it's a credit or not is a whole other animal, but. Well, maybe somebody who's listening has uh, a little bit more power than we do. Make some things happen. I'm in. The other thing that's interesting is, you know, it, it's a creation of letters too. So it's not like, oh, we're starting a school to do PhDs. <laughs> you know, we're starting a school to create something new. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You're creating your own, your own things. So you don't have to go along the existing channels. So you're absolutely right. If you're giving out PhD programs, you, you actually have to 
work with the system. Yeah. There's an agreement on what a PhD means. But then, but then if you, if you give out a certificate as an HD, you know, now you got people calling themselves doctor, which you can do. I mean, look, Dr. Dre, we know he's not a doctor, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Dr. Phil doesn't even have his license anymore. He gave it up years ago. Didn't know that. Yeah. But I, I always like to use Dr. Dre as the example. And I, I joke with people too. Well, they turned doctor into meaning this means you have a certificate, right? Again, the doctors existed before certificates existed. Scientists existed before certificates existed. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Like back at Sydney, University of Sydney, when they had to publish something, talking about the university, they had to publish something that for some reason had my name on it because I'm involved in the project and everybody gets their credit. I'm included in the list of scientists, right? The scientists who are working on this program is this person, this person, this person, and Ryan. Because practicing the thing makes you the thing, right? People say, well, you know, do you need a certificate to be a practitioner? No, you need to practice to be a practitioner. Having a degree doesn't mean you're a practitioner. Anthony Fauci is a politician, just for one example, famous example. Yeah. He's, not, he's not a practicing doctor. He's not a practitioner. He might have been a practitioner at one point. I don't know his whole biography. He's not a practitioner now. Anybody can be a practitioner. I'm a practitioner. I have no degree. I dropped out of college. I've refused all the nutrition certificates that have been offered to me. I might take a couple of them up on it. As I mentioned, herbalism and homeopaths. I have been talks about that. Got to work that out. I am willing to go take acupuncture course. I'm never going to go out and say I'm an acupuncturist, you know, I'm not going to advertise it because it, it doesn't matter. You can be a practitioner just by practicing. The longer you do it, the better you'll get at it. The more comfortable you be, the more confident you are. You'll end up having no other name to call yourself. What do I call myself right now? Right? Am I an influencer? No, we, have, we help people. We practice with people we deliberately do give them advice i know it's tricky but well, i think we legally do it we do it properly we do it legally we do give them advice that is practicing and it is a results-based business if we don't get results we're not getting paid more than once insurance pays doctors whether they get results or not we only get paid if something works right yeah i usually refer to you as a nutritionist if someone asks which isn't even really true, right? Well, I guess, I guess it is. I guess it's the same concept. What do you do? You study yeah. and you practice nutrition. Yeah. It's it's dietitian that's government regulated. I definitely don't like to be put in other groups. So because to me, nutritionist just doesn't mean anything. Nothing at all. So many people come to us and say, oh, my, my nutritionist said this. I'm like, that's terrible advice. Right. There's no agreement <laughs> on, on what a nutritionist is or believes in or right. a dietitian even. They're all, they're all over the place. At least, you know, an anesthesiologist, they do anesthesia, but you can have nutritionists recommending literally opposite diets. Right. So I definitely think we need some more standardization in this field. And honestly, I credit Dr. Wallach with giving us the foundation of that because so many of us are using his message as the foundation for what we now do, even if it's a little bit different here and there. All of us have our slightly different ways of applying it and slightly different ways of working with people. But it is a consistent rubric that I, I don't know about you. I always default to it. If I don't know what to do, I go to Wallach first. I'll look it up in Wallach's books first. Only then will I compare that with what the mainstream Google opinion is, the WebMD, and some of these other books that are like halfway, like complementary, you know, written by MDs, but they're trying to throw nutrition and stuff in, see what they have to say. And honestly, probably 97, 98% of the time, it's Wallach's answer that, that did it. Sometimes he doesn't have an answer, but 98% of the time he does. And that's a pretty solid framework for me. Yeah, Dr. Weil has a center in um, Arizona, but he he refers to it as integrative medicine. 
I don't like the word integrative or medicine. Yeah, I don't like the word medicine at all. I agree. I, I do agree that there is a time and a place for medicine, whether it's, again, antibiotics or um, antifungals, deworming or homeopaths. And my, my, my thing is, and what I usually tell people is, this is why we have urgent care centers for. Mm-hmm. Dump your primary care physician and use urgent care when you need it. If you need it. Hopefully you don't. If you need it. If, you, if you're peeing and it stings, you know, maybe you need to get checked for something. But I'm not going to check you. Well, there's no reason a holistic doctor couldn't do it, but that would actually be truly integrative medicine. <laughs> that, that would right. be the real definition right. of the word. We right. just have to agree on what integrative medicine means because right now it, it's it's not very good. Right. Right now it's uh, freaking medical doctors <laughs> using chemotherapy and recommending yoga on top of it. Sometimes it's not always that ridiculous, but it's definitely no agreement on what it means. So I think we've covered quite a lot here today. Yeah, I, so mm-hmm. I wanted to mention, I, I wrote down the last word that I haven't commented on thyroid. I've been focusing on the thyroid more over the past several months and yeah, realizing some of these tough cases that never really did get their full result. I went back and started recommending this simple test, the uh, Barnes basal temperature test. You yeah. just get a, a children's thermometer and you put it in your armpit. Armpit, you yeah. Up. And yeah. if it's below 97.8 uh, degrees Fahrenheit consistently, a few days in a row, a week in a row, that means you have low thyroid and basically nothing is going to work properly until that is corrected. Yep. And um, there, there's some very, very effective solutions for that, uh, compounds for that. And for us, that's our product called Ocean's Gold. We're not here just recommending that, saying, hey, if you have a thyroid problem, take that. What you want to do is contact us, definitely contact Dr. Reese or myself. Both of us can help you. His team can help you. My team can help you. I can help you. It doesn't what, matter. What, what have your studies said about thyroid and calcium? Big connection there, right? Well, let's dissect this. <laughs> First of all, for the people, contact us so you can actually get a protocol. We need to know if there's other things missing. Don't just try things randomly. Let's you know focus in. Let's make sure we're not missing anything, etc. Contact us. Either one of us in the description, find their information and we would be recommended the 90 plus the ocean's gold or another form of thyroid support might start with digestion. Who knows? That's why you got to reach out to us, but dissect this hormones, thyroid hormones. So beyond the thyroid, there's two glands, two major glands. there's also the pineal further up, but the pituitary and the hypothalamus, they're behind your eyes. This is kind of the start of your hormone system. Yeah, everything else in the body has to be working and so on. But pituitary and the hypothalamus have a lot to do with your basic drives, your energy, how you feel in general. They tell your thyroid basically what to do first. I mean, they are above the thyroid. Their signals come first. So you could be having all kinds of symptoms in the... I know you asked about calcium. I'm, I'm going to get there and connect it. Mm-hmm. Let's disconnect that now. Hormones in general, hormones are made from fatty nutrients, especially cholesterol. When there's a cholesterol deficiency, your calcium is going to be thrown off. Basically, it's a guarantee. It's just how it works. All the way back in the 1920s, 1930s, when Dr. Weston A. Price, who was a dentist, he was going around the world looking for primitive populations, and he was trying to find the cause of dental cavities because he couldn't find a control group in America. In Cleveland, he was operating, or Canada. He couldn't find a control group. He couldn't find a healthy group of people who had perfectly fine teeth. So he could study the differences and find out what caused tooth decay. He found out that basically everyone in the modern world has tooth decay. That's cavities, caries, as they were called back then. So 
so he had to go to the primitive world to find them. And what he found was a bunch of people who all over the world were either beginning to be in contact with the white man, basically white powders, sugar, flour, who had been in contact for a while and who were not in contact at all. The ones who were not in contact at all had perfectly fine skeletons, including their teeth. Teeth is part of the skeleton. And they had no health problems of note, you know, minor things, I'm sure, but major things, it's basically absent from their existence. The people who were partially in contact, they were the ones, the first ones to show skeletal abnormalities, including dental cavities, including uh, skeletons that were not fully formed, so they can't fit the wisdom teeth. You know, this skinny modern face, that's due to malnourishment. Most of us don't have wisdom teeth that have fully formed or, or gotten all the way in or that can even fit. And that means we all have that birth defect. That's a birth defect. So what I find most interesting about this is that they didn't change anything else except for adding the sugars and the flowers. And to my opinion, because of what Dr. Price did, he corrected a lot of these problems, especially when he went back to Cleveland. He was correcting problems in modern people by giving them higher doses of the fatty nutrients. We started off with hormones, thyroid hormones. Any of these glands that produce hormones too are largely made of cholesterol, by the way. Thyroid's largely made of cholesterol. Testicles are largely made of cholesterol. These glands, these squishy soft tissue glands, Gland is something that produces something to be used somewhere else in the body. So any of these glands are largely going to be made of cholesterol. They make hormones. Hormones themselves are largely made of cholesterol and other fatty nutrients. But these fatty nutrient problems, it's what he, he's narrowed in on, Weston Price here, narrowed in on the fatty nutrient problems, fatty nutrient deficiencies caused by eating modern foods. They didn't change their mineral intake, these primitive people. They didn't change their mineral intake. They didn't change their basic way of life. If they were farming, fishing, hunting, whatever they were, they didn't change that. They kept doing that. They kept using their wood and their wood ashes and all that, but they added the flour and the sugar and it threw off their fatty nutrient balance. And that caused calcium deficiency, right? Because tooth decay is calcium deficiency. But whenever it comes up in the real world, whenever we're doing Q and A's and everything, whether it's tooth problems or a fatty problem, like a female problem, a hormone problem, fatty nutrients, right? I always have to bring these two nutrient groups up together. They're always involved here together because the fatty nutrient problem causes the calcium deficiency problem, even if calcium intake remains the same, which is what happened in Dr. Weston A. Price's populations that he looked at. Their calcium intake remained the same, but the antagonistic things that they were eating, especially the flour and the sugar, that were messing with their fatty nutrients and messing with other nutrients, causing other nutrient deficiencies. The sugar causes mineral deficiencies too. Those cause the calcium deficiencies. See what I'm saying? The, the calcium deficiency wasn't actually there. They actually were getting enough prior. Their teeth were fine. Their skeletons were fine prior. They added these modern foods and then it threw their calcium off. So they are connected. They're deeply connected. And if your thyroid's not working properly, nothing's going to work properly. And I don't know the full biochemistry of this. Nobody does because calcium is involved in practically everything that happens in the body, literally every cellular transaction. And honestly, so is cholesterol. So is fatty nutrients, the cell membrane itself. So forget about organs, every cell. The reason it's able to function is because the brain is the membrane membrane, right? Brain as in membrane It's in the word membrane. It's the brain of the cells, not the nucleus. We know we can remove the nucleus from a cell and the cell still lives cannot live without the membrane and the membrane is semi-permeable because it's fatty since it's fatty since it's elastic it's bendable it's moldable that can allow certain things to get in and out of the cells so with when you're lacking cholesterol when you have a cholesterol problem when you have a digestion problem and when you have calcium deficiency too by the way that goes both ways 
Fatty nutrient deficiency causes calcium deficiency. Calcium deficiency causes fatty nutrient deficiency. Calcium deficiency causes tissues to harden up. Mentioned Bruce Willis earlier, right? He, if it's true that he's on a statin drug, that would explain his hard skin because these two things mm-hmm. go together. So when the cell gets hard, when you have this cholesterol problem, if you're on statin drugs, the cell starts to get hard. It can no longer let things in and out properly, meaning you are going to harden up and look hard. Your skin's going to look brittle and hard. It's going to start flaking off. Your hair is going to be brittle and hard, right? Even your eyes are not going to be nice and soft and moist. Everything's going to start to fall apart because at the cellular level, things are not able to get in and out properly. Things meaning nutrients, minerals, vitamins, sugar, sugar to feed the cells, waste to get out of the cells, oxygen to get in the cells. All of this stuff is is just being choked off. So the body can just start to fall, fail at the fundamental level if there's a fatty nutrient deficiency. And so Weston Price, he was fixing tooth problems by giving people bone broth and stuff, real butter. So high fat butter, basically proper fat butter, unpasteurized. And that was correcting their calcium deficiency problems just because they're so intimately linked. Like I said, I don't know all the details, but I definitely know that they are intimately linked. And the thyroid's not purely a fatty nutrient deficiency, but it's partially. It has to do with that. Yeah. It's a fatty nutrient problem, definitely. There are minerals. Most of the time we're talking about thyroid, we're talking about iodine, you know, we're talking about selenium, we're talking about copper, we're talking about minerals, but the organ itself is a fatty thing. So if the fat system off, yes, all of your glands can have a problem quickly. Right. So you think this was a uh, sufficient episode here today, Dr. Reese? I do. I think, uh, you know, it's a mix of our stories with, with some knowledge. Well, I'd like to talk shop with you, especially. And I think the audience gets a lot from that. Absolutely. One day we'll have to talk about the spine or the pelvis Let's or the clavicles. <laughs> Let's do it next time. Let's go full deep into the skeleton next time. You, you know what one of my favorite topics is? Tell me. The feet. How come? They're fascinating, man. They, they hold you up. So we got to talk about flat feet, high arches, bunions, pronation. Plantar fasciitis. Plantar fasciitis. Yep. Absolutely. Our gait pattern, the way we're walking, you know. That sounds like a plan for next time. The other thing I'm about to start studying heavy is the eyes. But yeah. I'm interested too. People ask about iridiology, right? Reading the eyes. Yep. yep. A lot of people in our camp call it nonsense, but I, I don't know. I'm willing. To, I'm willing. I'm interested. Yeah. I was halfway trained in it by Dr. Morse. There we go. Let's go deep on these things next time. Tell everyone everything that they can find from you. Not just your book, Peace Over Pain. You got other books too. You even got a children's book. People need these. Teach children about health. Yeah. Well, you can find everything at peaceoverpain.com. Of course, the Instagram at dr.reese. TikTok just blew up, but uh, I'll spare you that (laughs) one. It's a different world. Not TikToky. And you do your lives every Tuesday? Every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I'm live. You can uh, ask me questions or throw tomatoes at me, whatever you want. That's the beauty of being live. And they can come and see you in Farmington, Connecticut. And we're having more, well, you are having more events there. We, me, I hope to join in yeah. the near future when I'm allowed goal, back in America. My goal right now is to have a party every quarter. Nice. And, you know, I can fit about 100 people. So it's something I I really want to do to really give people an outlet to come mingle. Healthy parties are great. 
Yeah, yeah, t- yeah. Take some mineral shots, right? Give out minerals. I love seeing people's face when they take the mineral shot for the first time. I miss these things, by the way, because usually, yeah, we have a lecture, we have a seminar or whatever, but really, uh, it's fun to hang out after and you get your questions answered too. Like, I don't need to be on stage to answer questions, right? We can just, we just talk. Usually at these events, you should see pharmacist Ben Fuchs because he's such a likable guy. You're, you're very similar to him. This okay. might happen to you that after the talk, he just gets swarmed by all these mostly women just swarming him question after question. And yeah, it's much nicer to be in a party setting. You can grab some appetizers and some healthy beverages or, or whatever and just answer yeah. the questions in a more relaxed setting and they get the value. And yeah, I, I like to meet some of these people too. You know, these customers, uh, You could, I have become friends with several of our clients over the years. You know, they're good people. They just had a health problems. So what? And it uh, turns out we can get along real well. And this is how we build this army of the informed, right? It's not just uh, all information. It's a lot of it is social. Right. Yeah, man. So yeah, look, I can't wait for you to come see the place, you know, six acres. It's just gorgeous. I'm excited. It's tough for me to travel these days. I told the whole story on a long podcast that I haven't posted yet. Might post it later today or tomorrow, probably tomorrow. It's Friday night. I'm probably done for the day. Yeah, my point is it's it's a bit tough to travel these days with my restrictions, but that's yeah. the only place I'm telling that story is on that podcast. So we won't get into that here and yeah i'm looking forward to it all this sounds good the future looks bright the army is building our results are they're still good they're always good (laughs) but it's good to have people like you who are going more into depth especially dealing with the harder cases and doing more than just nutrition nutrition is most of it in most cases but this is life here you know there's more to life the way we sit the way we stand the way we think we didn't even get to mindfulness unfortunately we'll do that another time we did go kind of long here anyways but all that matters. We need people like you, Dr. Reese. And I think we're going to do a lot in the future. Yeah. It's going to be a good 10 years here coming up. 20, 30. I'm in it for the long haul. Yeah. I would like to be uh, like Doc Wallach still working in my, you know, 82, 83. 10 years goes by fast, man. Goes by fast. I just want to see if I can be 80 and have a girlfriend that's 30. I just want to see if I can pull it off. Well, it is possible. I I wish you (laughs) luck. I really do. All right, let's see if this posture in 90 Essential works out at 80. Let's go. (laughs) Dr. Reese, thank you so much. We will talk to you you. very soon. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 